Hello and welcome to Confessory Break on Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carrie Smith, and I am joined today by, sorry, I was reading something, it confused me. I'm joined today by my co-host, Carter Laren. Carter, hello. Uh, hello. Also, I want to say two things. First, I thought it was kind of cool, like the hat down and then like, hello. Oh, okay. like, that was That was cool. So that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's good to see that you have some kind of a background back. Yes. I actually, I want to thank you, Clutch. If you're watching Clutch, who we met at our unsafe space retreat, fixed my microphone. Thank you, Clutch. Um, so we're using that today. And also my empty room, I went and got a few things out of storage. So the empty room won't be as empty. So I think the echo is going to be re greatly reduced today. Hopefully. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I think it is. You can tell us in chat. But welcome. It's Friday, January 7th, and you're watching Confeffy Break, which is a live show we do twice a week. And today we're going to be talking about stuff and things. Stuff and things. Tra traumatic. <laughs> don't forget to uh, don't forget to go to unsafespace.com to support the show. I assume you're already subscribed because you're here. But if you haven't, go do that. We're on Utreon, Odyssey, probably elsewhere. Uh, and there's a book club. I didn't mail you the book yet, did I? Damn it. No, you have to send me the book. The next book, we're, we're doing fiction this month. So we're starting off the new year with Crime and Punishment, a little light reading by Dostoevsky. And we uh, we just finished up the year with uh, Thomas Sowell, uh, Black Rednecks and White Liberals, which if you haven't read, that was one of my favorites for the whole year. That was a great book. So you guys can go check yeah. out that conversation. But it's always free to join and participate in our book club. You can find out more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. Cool. And happy birthday to Beverly's dad, apparently. Okay. Should we introduce our themed yeah, crazy people? Yeah, we were just doing introductions before we went live, guys. So welcome. Today we have Nina Infinity, who... You'll recognize. Hi, Mia. Hey, how are you guys? Happy New Year. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Hi. Hi. I'm really you happy know, to Nina, be here. We were talking beforehand. I realized I never actually met you. So hi. Hi. Hi, Carter. Yeah, I haven't actually <laughs> met you either, but I'm so happy to be here and finally able to speak to you. So uh, big fan of the show now um, and your channel. It's amazing. You guys do amazing stuff. So keep up the good work. Well, thanks for coming on. Tell yeah. people where they can find you online. We're going to put this below in the description. But Okay, ready? yeah, you can find me on my channel, Nina Infinity, where I talk about crazy stuff usually on Wednesdays, uh, but also really, really good news on Fridays. My show is usually the same time as yours, about 2.45 Eastern, but I, I moved it an hour or a couple hours earlier today. But I talk about good stuff because I want to balance out the energy of uh, just all the negativity we get from the mainstream news all the time because there's good things happening all the time as well but you don't you just don't ever see it anymore so come to my channel for good news uh, on fridays thank you so much my friend mystery what? chris loves your infinite hope show he told oh yay <laughs> what's that your what's happen. your channel url again just one more time for everyone. just nina infinity it's the same okay. same as my my name good and then we also have today, we have Adam Coleman from Wrong Speak Publishing and the author of From Black Victim to Black Victor. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's my first Friday with you guys. Yeah. Is it? 
Oh, maybe. Yeah. So have I yeah. not met you either formally? Because I feel like I know no. you. I feel like I know Adam. Like I see him online. I see him on Twitter. Like he's written books. He's got a cool website with uh, lots of great articles. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like I knew Adam. I feel like I, I knew not. Adam too, uh, but I feel oh. kind of like sc- like stalkerish a little bit because I was like, I know all of your tweets and like I <laughs> you on your and like we're on, best on friends, all these Adam. different interviews. <laughs> as long as you don't show up with a handgun, we're good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you may know Adam from such tweets as you might be woke ish. Yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just getting over the coof, just so you know. Oh. Uh, is it the the Omicron or the Delta? Who knows? I don't know. Is I, got, uh, I tested them. positive. One of them. Uh, it's maybe it's the the new flu, the flu COVID one, the combo, the mega. Maybe COVID. it's the Omni flu or whatever. <laughs> the Omni flu, it. yeah. Yeah. There's a new one now too in France. It's called IHU, which stands for I hate you. So I yeah, don't know. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> that's very the French. Macron variant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have one other guest today. You guys say it's just jam-packed with people. We have Daniel Wagner. Daniel, welcome back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very well executed, sir. I learned from the best. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you remind folks where they can find you if they haven't seen you? Before I do, let me me show for the record that I have, in fact, met Adam and had him on my show. So, you know, I'm just trying to one-up. Carter on his own show today. That's my only goal. Anyway, my name is Daniel Wagner. I'm the host of the Unframe of Mind show where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom where we have, it's, it's just a place for highbrow ideas and lowbrow packaging. And we just have all sorts of good time, have skits and, pl- and different videos. And, and here lately, we have definitely not been doing any music reaction videos to a lot of these newer political artists and whatnot. So it's, it's been quite, a, quite a, a collection of things we've been up to lately. Hey, by the way, Daniel, cool. there's a man standing behind you. Is there? Yes. This one? Oh. That guy. So, oh. yeah, yeah, I incorporated him into our background on our show um, because he's actually one of the original co-hosts. That's Lee Mullendore, one of the original co-hosts of the show. Oh, so he's, okay. he's always, oh my he's God. always I didn't even spirit. see that until it was pointed out. <laughs> it looks like, very subtle. Vision. It looks like you're I'm being here. haunted by yeah, a ghost. Yeah, real subtle graphic skills. <laughs> what is that? Is that a poster? No, no, it's just a background image I use for the show. Oh. Yeah. Cool. It's the magic of computers. I do like, I do like graphic design. Fun <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Here we are with our boring backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, actually, he's actually literally standing behind me every show. <laughs> he's rubbing his shoulders like Joe man. Biden. Yeah, in the background. Oh, he's, um, better, he's way better sniffer than Biden ever could dream. <laughs> Wait, can we? I want to put Nina on the spot right away, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. What's something good that we can be <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> Nina? Tell something us. Give good? us a good news story. Yeah. Well, I just I just did did a whole show about it, but um, something good. Uh, let's see. Uh, a gentleman was really nice to um, a, a Memphis gentleman was really nice to a lady and bought her gas. That was really nice. Um, another, uh, a little doggy stayed with his owner who was trapped on a mountain and almost died for 13 hours while rescuers went to rescue him. Uh, and they did rescue him. Um, so that there's a lot of good stuff happening. Is this the one where the dog's body heat actually kept the man alive in some way? 
Yeah. Yes. That's a great story. That yeah. That's a good story. Well, All right. Mm. All right. But no wars were ended and we didn't get any freedoms back. I just want to check in case I was <laughs> No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, but right. it's, uh, it's on the back burner. It's, it's happening. Sure. They got to get through the dogs first. Make, make sure they get their day in the spotlight. And then they can end some wars. All right. And while there's no oh, wars, new wars being ended, let, it, let the record show that Mr. Biden has not started any new wars, new wars, just like Mr. Trump. So I think we're, we're on par to have a similar presidency now. What do you think? Does Biden know that? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you're speaking too soon because there's a lot of stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine. Hey, don't take this away from me. I need this. <laughs> okay. You know, you don't really have to start new wars when you just have troops deployed everywhere and like they can get into skirmishes once in a while perpetually. Um, so, well, you're yeah. also waging the war on your own citizens at home. So, yeah, keep they did start busy. that one. They did start that one. I saw the yeah. Supreme Court. Um, some commentary about the Supreme Court challenge to the vaccine mandates today. I didn't know if you want no. to talk about that, but we could start. Why don't we sure. start with the start anniversary? With well, well let, since we have Daniel here, is, why don't we start with the anniversary of January 6th? Daniel, tell us about your post-traumatic stress. Uh, tell us about how shocking and horrible it was, be, it was to be present at the worst event since the Civil War, the insurrection yeah. of last year. Yeah, as uh, as I tweeted recently, um, I wanted to thank Kamala Harris personally for enlightening me that the media has been lying to us all these years. That it turns out that Pearl Harbor and 9-11 weren't nearly as bad as the media made them seem to be. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that. It's actually helped me cope with cope with my stress that I've had been dealing with over the last year. Um, I was there uh, probably 15 feet from, you know, the, the chaos was going on the whole time. It was it was surreal, but I'm getting I'm getting over it. I'm getting over it. It's just taking a lot of counseling sessions to get over the people peacefully walking behind me while there's police pepper spraying people in front of me. (laughs) But AOC said she almost died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was there for that, too. And I was actually trying to protect her from dying. Um, That's why I was there. actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's only because I wanted to sleep with her and I was kind of ahead of the curve of everybody oh, else. Okay. Like, that's, exactly, yeah, that's the only reason a man would ever, uh, you know, try and rescue a lady anyway. Like, I, I right. get that. Yeah. yeah I it was because my toxic, my, toxic, <laughs> my toxic masculinity keeps kicking in all the time and I just want to sexually objectify women all the time. And she was sure. the prime target for that. Um, Anyway, I'm going to break Aaron for now. Fun as that is that is to do. No. Yeah. The ba- Go ahead. Can you break Go character ahead. and tell us? Actually, I am curious. I I, I know we. Uh, I've seen a lot of people laughing at the melodrama that the media is engaging in and the attempts to say that this is worse than 9/11 and Pearl Harbor. Um, but I also I do acknowledge that I'm sure it was surreal. When you say it was surreal, I'm sure there were some things that were surreal about that day and. <clears throat> I wanted to hear from you. What are your actual candid thoughts about January 6th and the importance? I, I'll tell you, I got a surprise call from the BBC a couple days ago, and um, I hadn't heard from this guy. His name, I haven't heard from him in a long time. He had me in some election coverage a while back. And when he told me who it was, I was like, oh, because he lives in D.C. And I've always like, it's like Sam at the BBC. I'm like, oh, is this the call? Are you moving to a red state? Do you want to learn how to shoot a gun? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I told him one of these days I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna pick up the phone. It's gonna be you and you're escaping. Um, but so he wanted to know my thoughts about January 6th, and I was kind of caught off guard because I hadn't really thought about it a lot. But some of the questions he was asking me, I mean, he was asking me these getcha questions, 
And one of the things he said was, you know, you seem to be making very light of it, like it wasn't surreal, you know. And my answer to that is, I'm sure it was surreal seeing people flood into the Capitol. However, we've been living in a hyper surreal time for the past couple of years. It's no more surreal than seeing riots breaking out across the country and arson and people dying and, and chaos in the streets and having the media lie to us and say that that's peaceful. So how am I supposed to rank it on the level of, of what's surreal? It's just like another day in the past two years, you know, but you were there. So yeah, it was, it was, like the, it was like the culmination of everything that had been going on for the last two previous years before that. And, and everybody I spoke with kind of had this similar uh, uh, sense of their messaging. It was it was different different ideas that were, were there being presented, but it was just the basic idea, the basic core idea was everybody was hopeful, but uh, they didn't think it was actually going to do any good. Like, like it was it was kind of that hopeless hopeful hopelessness. I don't know any anywhere. It's again surreal, very strange. A lot of strange dichotomies going on that day. Um, uh, like I said before, I was I was literally standing between where. 10 foot on one side of me, I've got people trying to take down barricades and police pepper spraying people. And on the on on the 10 feet behind me, I've got a little lady walking with her husband, waving a little American flag around, just completely oblivious to what was going on. It was it was the, the most surreal thing I've ever experienced in my life. And speaking of BBC, actually, uh, a friend of mine, Chase Matheson, uh, who we went down to D.C. together, uh, he and I, I ended up getting interviewed for the uh what is it? 90 minutes of the Capitol or whatever that, that new HBO documentary was. Um, and and I, I've got like three seconds of my footage in there showing Chase Matheson's giant uh, Mohawk in there. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool, but they, they took us down to DC interview us for that. Seemed like they were going to be pretty fair. And I have not yet seen the documentary yet, but from what I understand, it seems to very be very one-sided, at least the parts that I've heard people seen. So I don't know, but um, yeah, as far as, just the general sense of the day again it seemed like people were very hopeful that it would cause some kind of change but also at the same time uh, almost understanding that it really wasn't going to do any good and honestly i'm surprised that it didn't end up way worse than it actually was i mean we're talking about one person got shot that wasn't even i mean very very minimal casualties very minimal damage um people were mostly respectful i mean i'm seeing weird things like people picking up uh, a, a police would be <laughs> drop a baton and somebody would pick it up and hand it back to him, trying to be helpful. Like, like it was so many things going on and so many different people having different ideas of what that was supposed to mean and what they were after and what their goals were. And, and everybody was kind of clueless at the same time. I, I'm, I'm, I'll take more questions. I don't really know. What, well, where the, to go. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say something like sitting from the outside. Cause I'm not, I'm not American and I was watching it happen. Uh, one of the things that I observed about it was the lack of weapons um, with regards to, um, you know, the right, because that that's one of the things you constantly hear about all the time uh, is how the right is like this the gun wielding, uh, you know, crazy people that just want to, you know, just go out with guns and take everybody out and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and nobody even had any guns or major weaponry. Um that would cause an like a, a crazy threat. I mean, I I think that that was that in itself was a testament to like how the Amer like the American people were coming together to ju just to basically kind of like voice their uh, opinion about what was going on rather than take violent action towards what was going on because we did actually see an insurrection occur as well. 
several months after that, and that was in the Taliban. And that's how you actually do an insurrection when you go into a place with weapons and take over, which is exactly what they did. Um, so that, you know, you have that equivalency. You, you can do that, that juxtaposition where you can watch a, an actual insurrection occur and what happened on January 6th. And you can see that they are nothing alike at all. Yeah, not yeah. not to mention, you know, I made I made a joke about it a while back that you see more guns in a, in a Tennessee Walmart than you did. At the, <laughs> at the, it was it was and I took a picture of the gun rack at Walmart, which is getting smaller and smaller as as time progresses. But that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, the, the group that we went with, we took a bus down there. Uh, we we pay we each paid to help chip in for tour buses that drove us down there. And as we were all preparing and whatnot, it's like everybody had some kind of weaponry on them but it was like defensive stuff it was just like because we didn't know what to expect we didn't know who was going to be there we've we heard uh rumors of antifa being down there in full force and so we we still we we were respecting the laws we were respecting the fact that they said that they they didn't want people bringing firearms in so nobody had firearms that i'm aware of um but we did bring in some form of protection or defense uh, defensive tools and things like that to try to help us just in case um, that was definitely a thing, but again, like you said, the, like the, the sheer, the, the small amount of actual firearms that were present there that day or that they found is a testament to, you know, people. I don't know. It was, it was very respectful. Just out of curiosity, do you think it's possible that there wasn't enough, like that, like people didn't take up arms the way that you would imagine some, like a, a group that's committing a coup, taking up arms or whatever, um, because of what happened in Kenosha and with the black, you know, with Kyle Rittenhouse and, you know, because that, that was a huge thing that happened in the news at the time. So do you think that like the Republicans kind of reflected on that instance and were like, well, maybe we don't want a, a repeat of this instance uh, and, and have even more lights on us kind of thing? Do you think that that was something that went through people's minds? Yeah, I, I again, I don't know what went through people's minds. I, I just know when I was talking to people there, there was so many different viewpoints being uh, so many different concerns and, and issues that people had. And the, the through line was just that they were there, that they were hoping that this showing a force would actually achieve some kind of result. And arguably it has, but not necessarily the result that, that everybody wanted. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to perform an insurrection, I don't think you do it by painting yourself, painting yourself red, white and blue and wearing bullhorns or showing up with a pile of zip ties. Like, I just don't think that that was that would have been a, a very very smart. Or like just going was. to the to, to the chair and like taking selfies on like Nancy Pelosi's desk and stuff like that. I mean, I just don't feel like that was quite an insurrection the way that the media was painting it. Right. So so the, the very same people that were able to plan not to bring massive amounts of firearms were the same group that was able to plan this terrible uh, form of insurrection that didn't really achieve any result. I, I don't know. You can't. There's this. The weirdest thing for me was about probably two weeks afterwards, my wife was in the hospital for some reason and I was walking through and I happened to look at the TV and CNN was on. I haven't watched CNN for years. I haven't watched mainstream media for years. So I'm watching CNN. I'm hearing them describe the event, the events of that day and the people that were there and the vitriol and the, the, the just like you could just you could just see the frothing of the mouth, like the way they were talking about the, the, the folks that were there that day. And it was just like I, I immediately like texted some of my friends. I'm like, has, C how, has CNN been this bad? If so, how long has it been this bad? And they're like, yeah, it's it's gotten really bad. <laughs> it was yeah. like this. I mean, we hear about it all the time. But I've never, I haven't actually just sat and watched it. And it was like, 
that is not what happened at all. Like not even close. It was so weird to hear that perspective. And like, I was, I was literally there. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's, that's so interesting that you say that about CNN, because I don't usually, I haven't watched like, ma like mainstream TV for forever. Like I don't have a TV and I don't like the only kind of thing I get is from Twitter, like Twitter clips and stuff like that. But I do watch Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking Eve every year. So yep. this year when I tuned in, um, I was horrified. And I mean, horrified by the amount of propaganda and actual, like just mind numbing propaganda that was happening. And I was like, this is why we're on, we're all in a state of mass psychosis because this is exactly what's going on. They're feeding people this insane amounts of propaganda. And then we're, we're just like sitting around going, well, why is this happening? Oh, well, this is why. Oh, look, look what's going on. It's, it's crazy. So if I'm to throw my two cents in, um, I think the one thing that we don't really talk about much is how this was kind of like a law enforcement failure. Um, I know that if I remember correctly, there were at least three requests put in for extra law enforcement to be there and they were all denied. Uh, and I can't remember who denied it, but the fact that there was recognition that there was going to be a lot of people there uh, more than normal and that they should have adequate amount of police tells me um, that someone was aware that this was going to be a big uh, and maybe in an emotional event uh, or some sort. So I, I think there's not enough addressing on that. Because normally when we have, like, for example, if we want to equate it to 9-11, we go back and look, how was this able to happen, right? We have the TSA because we said the private security for airports isn't working anymore. We need to replace it. That's, that came from examining the past, right? But we don't examine the past when it comes to this only from the aspect of just looking at each individual who was there and just throwing them in jail. We don't look at who's responsible other than to say that Donald Trump in, uh, had enticed it, which he didn't. Uh, he clearly didn't. And, and to say that other than that, it's just a bunch of crazy people who just ran in there and wanted to take over. They just painted a narrative. They didn't actually try to figure out anything uh, find why this happened in the first place, even give, <coughs> excuse me, even give some sort of credence to, as to why some people were actually there, right? To me, it, especially throughout that entire process, it just felt like um, the media was talking down to the average American. And whether we like it or not, basically half of the country who voted, voted for one president that didn't win. And the way that they're just wagging their finger basically at half of the country, to me, is insulting. Uh, and it's yeah. unproductive. And to act like these people are there because they watch too much Fox News and they're just scared and riled up. No, they're there for legitimate reasons. Why don't you, CNN, why don't you, any other big uh, you know, media corporation that has uh, you know, media affiliates in D.C., why don't you actually go down there and talk to people and ask them why they're there? Right. But there's never any of that. And that's where I'm, I'm sick and tired of the media, because all they do is insinuate why someone's doing what they're doing. They paint a narrative for people instead of asking people what they what they actually are wanting from this. Why are you here? Simple question. And just ask to, as many people as you can. Sorry, just can to I, add I on. Just, I, all right. Yeah. I just want to put on a tinfoil hat. It's not a tinfoil hat. I, I'm you know, I don't because I don't think what I'm about to say is crazy or far fetched at all. Uh January 6th was a, was a 
national security false flag. It was a it was a national security state false flag operation. Um, and, and I, I'm saying that like, obviously I don't have hundred percent proof, but there's enough evidence that points in that direction. They didn't, they didn't get more cops there. They didn't heed those warnings because it was their operation. They didn't, they didn't want, they didn't want it shut down. They wanted it to move forward exactly the way that it moved forward. Um, if you look at how just a couple months before there was the October surprise of, um, governor Whitmer's, uh, kidnapping plot. And the groups involved mm -hmm. were the three percenters and the oath keepers, um, alleged, groups allegedly involved. Now, it turns out later we find out that – and by the way, that plot was a plot to storm the Capitol. That's how it started, a plot to storm the Michigan Capitol um, and then obviously kidnap Whitmer and blah, 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 and there was explosives involved and all these other things. Now, it turned out later that – the weapons expert, or the explosives and weapons expert, the guy driving the van. In fact, half of the people involved were federal agents or federal informants. It was a, it was saturated with feds, the whole thing. And they got people who were um, down on their luck, some I think mentally uh, deficient, to go along with these plots led by at the very least instigated by and i would argue led and 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 planned and resourced by the fbi yeah. and then the guy in charge in detroit of the field office gets promoted to the washington field office immediately after that plot's uncovered and then what do you see with january 6th you see this, two of the same three groups plus, plus the Proud Boys, three percenters, Proud Boys, and uh, and the Oath Keepers. You see the FBI claiming we didn't have – I mean Massey asked Christopher Wray, um, hey, I wasn't – maybe it wasn't Massey. Someone else, maybe it was Klobacher, said like, hey, you know, don't you have – don't you feel bad you didn't have any knowledge of this? Bullshit they didn't have knowledge. They were deep deep into two of those three groups and we know they were deep into the proud boys because it turns out the leader of the proud boys has been an fbi informant for a while he was a so yeah. all this yeah. stuff happens and then what happens is while trump is speaking no one who's listened to trump because uh not enough time had allotted for them to move from listening to trump for any more than like a minute to walking over to where the barriers were, none of the people who were listening to Trump, none of the people who came to hear Trump speak or were actually doing that, they were the ones who broke down the barriers originally, removed the fencing, and then when Trump was done speaking, helped corral average Trump supporters down the path towards the Capitol where they unknowingly past what used to be barricades, which were no longer there. Well, there was Trump videos of them actually them moving the barricades. Yeah. Like they just like literally pushed them aside and were like, go in. And these right, people but that's were like, before all the Trump people came afterwards. So there right. was this, there was this, they call it breach team six. They went and did this, right? They, they instigated people. Then they herded people. These are the, the you know, the Trump MAGA moms. Who are listening? They came. There are people that were there because they were upset about mask mandates. There were people that were there that were upset about uh, Antifa and BLM. There were people that were there that were just Trump supporters. Election you know? integrity. And, a lot of people were yeah. there because of election. Well, I'm integrity. I'm saying even apart from election integrity. Yeah. There's all these other people there that were there for Trump, and they got herded then down towards the Capitol, past these barriers. Now, 
what happened after this whole thing? We have federal law enforcement saying we're going to have a shock and awe campaign. Um, they, they use that language, a shock and awe. We're going to come down really hard on even minor infractions because we're going to show people that this is not okay. And so you have people getting prosecuted. A Green Beret who was like too close to the Capitol, not inside, like within 100 feet past the past the break. He gets thrown in jail. He's in, he was even in jail forever. You've got MAGA moms in jail. You've got people in jail beaten. You've got all this stuff happening. And to make matters worse, after all the shock and awe campaign, all of the main players, all of the main instigators, almost all of the main instigators, they're not being prosecuted. In fact, one of the main ones, uh, Ray Epps, just go look up Ray Epps. Ray Epps was on the, Fed, the FBI's most wanted list. They put his picture up there. Twitter uh, said, oh, we can find this guy for you. They did. They showed them who it was. They did nothing with it. And then when there was – and then when uh, people started to point out that Stuart Rhodes, who was in charge of Oath Keepers, was likely an FBI informant and working with the government, suddenly the FBI quietly removed Ray Epps from their most wanted list. He's never been charged. Stuart Rhodes has never been charged. Like none of these leaders, mo almost everyone who actually did the instigating has not been charged. It is the most egregious and obvious false flag bullshit operation ever. And the point of the whole thing is to discredit everyone who likes Trump, anyone who is caught up in that movement, anyone who is sympathetic to them. It's to discredit them and to scare them from showing their face in public ever again. I'll so show I make, Can I, I give you a one correction? I want to make one correction there. Um, uh, Enrique Tarrio, not a government plant, not FBI informant not a plant he he uh, he's actually been on our show a few times friend of mine he uh, he said himself he did well, help he's an informant no, i mean he's documented he, he has helped the fbi but he's not like a, a a secret you know undercover fbi agent or nothing like that but you know he's worked closely no, no, with he's not an agent there's 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 right. informants and there's agents but mm -hmm. he and he wasn't there that day because he was conveniently arrested the day before and wasn't not allowed to go into washington um but besides besides yeah, that whatever. um one of the one of the things that I, I want to highlight here is, yes, everything you're saying could potentially be true. I don't I don't know 100 percent, but there was so many people there, so many different things going on that honestly, I feel like if you were to look at um, if you had an agenda, you wanted to tell a story, uh, you could go there and find that story there. There was that many people there <laughs> like you could find whatever narrative you wanted to fill and it was probably true. And you could find evidence to back it up and you could even find circumstantial evidence to even help support that idea. So for people that are going, well, the whole thing was an Antifa, you know, uh, uh, cover up that they were just trying to, to uh, use Antifa instigators to start the whole thing. And that that's that they're to blame. I say maybe maybe that was a small part of it. There was a few of those possibly. And I'm sure you could find evidence of it. Um, you could say that there were people trying to go in and, and uh, have an actual organized insurrection. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> you could also say that most people there were kind of like clueless about what was going on and just kind of following the crowd. That's also true. There's just so many different so many different perspectives that were there that day. There were so many. People. I really don't think I don't really I, I really don't think there was people there that wanted an actual insurrection. Listen, if, if people wanted an actual insurrection, they would have brought guns and a lot of them and would have taken over. Uh, you know, it's been done before. You just drag out the leaders and you start hanging them. Mussolini, you know, that's kind of an insurrection uh, in, in a way that's them with bayonets. It, it's happened style. before, you know, it's not people, that's more people Hillary are, Clinton's thing, but I'm 
<laughs> when people are unhappy enough, it'll happen. But you know what's crazy is what you're saying with regards to like, you know, BLM and everything. I mean, the feds are deep into BLM and, uh, you know, uh, 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 what the other I'm sorry Antifa, Antifa. Uh, and Antifa mm-hmm. so they're also working hand in hand so like of course and keep in mind there's, there's also like I've, I've got close friends of mine that are like being accused of being feds because it's so everybody's so paranoid that feds are infiltrating everything now they're they're seeing it everywhere and it's like one of those yeah. one of those confirmation bias things and I'm like I've, but there's I've a reason for that Daniel. I know for a fact these people are not a fed like there's no freaking way I've known them for years there's no way uh, no, they could be that, they could be unwilling participants. They might not even know that they're they're actually part of it. That's that's the thing. Um, th- th- these kind of things are so uh, Machiavellian. Uh, some people just don't even know that they're being used. Well, but the informant stuff, like there, there's a reason people are afraid, and there and the and the reason is the feds have infiltrated to a large degree all of these organizations. And if you look at who won on January sixth. Federal law enforcement. They get more funding. They have a new war. The Cold War is dead. Uh, and we've we just, I guess, shut down Afghanistan. So supposedly the war on terror is kind of going away. They need villains. And those villains are predominantly uh, people who use language like we support the Constitution and patriots like anyone they can label domestic terrorist. It it legitimizes deep state surveillance. It gives them the budgets that they want. It allows them to keep buying their mass surveillance and uh, control tools and build up law enforcement internal. That's what's happening. And that's what they're getting out of this. You've seen countless arguments like, oh, Capitol Police need more resources. Now the FBI and the oh, Homeland Security now is justified because we need to go after these groups. And they are. They're infiltrating these groups largely. It makes sense. For if you you if you run across someone you don't know and they at all have a sniff of glowy, you're like, I don't know, maybe maybe they're a Fed. I get that you're, people are wrong about that a lot of times, but I understand the sentiment. You're going to have to enlighten me. This is the first time I've heard the term glowy. What does that mean? It means a Fed. It means it comes from the Internet forums where they would say they you literally are like glowing in the dark. It's so obvious. Right. Like where it's sort of that meme where people would come in and be like, hello, fellow deplorables. I'm looking to overthrow the government. Is this the right place? You know, I, I <laughs> where there's just like, really... makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I, I wanted to jump. I want to jump in and say this is reminding me of uh, one of the books we read for book clubs, uh, which was actually by someone on the left. Max Blumenthal wrote the book, The Management mm-hmm. of Savagery. And that was the first time I had even read a lot of that information about how our how our the FBI and the CIA would often know about different threats like terror level threats and would sometimes even just like with the Michigan plot to uh, you know supposedly kidnap Governor Whitmer would get involved and suggest things and provide the explosives and you know basically push it along to what end as you're saying Carter I think I think to the end of increasing their budgets, increasing, you know, justifying their existence and saying, look at these things that happened. Look at these people that we caught, you know, not mentioning that we had to push it there. Well, can I just jump in? Um, You know, listen to Carter explain uh, what he explained. It makes me think about how everybody's talking about civil wars happening, right? And it's it's, uh, kind of framed as the left versus the right. But the more I'm listening to Carter and how he's explaining it, the more I'm thinking about it, it sounds like a civil war between the, the state and the people. Yes. And always has been. And 
um, you know, what you were saying as far as justifying their budgets, I remember hearing stories post 9-11 because there was nothing going on. They were basically going on the internet, finding someone who just didn't like America, gave them the resources and everything, yes. put them in a vehicle with fake explosives and said, oh, we caught a terrorist, yes. right? It's this complete entrapment. And, you know, you put all these things, like they have a history of doing it. It's not far-fetched to think that this was what was happening with uh, January 6th. And there's a concept that I've been working on that uh, it's called, I call it divide and concur. It's it's where they take these little <laughs> two, these two-sided, any, any of these two-sided debates, these these, these uh, left versus right or men versus women or, you know, whatever, gay versus straight, whatever the, the, the arena is, they're, they're dividing us on purpose and, and, mm -hmm. and they're doing it because it takes the focus off the real target. And what, what the reason I call it divide and concur is because they're dividing us. A lot of us know we're being divided. Like it's kind of obvious now, now um, but we all agree with it. We kind of allow it to happen. We keep <laughs> into it. We keep funding the government agencies that are supposed to be there to take care of these things and, and eliminate the, you know, so, so I call it, I don't, I don't blame anybody, but the people themselves that are involved in this, like the moment people step outside of the, the this, this supposed matrix here and realize, Oh, there's really more <laughs> shades of gray than just black and white. Like we've got so many different uh, perspectives and stories and, 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 and ideas and, and, and principles going on. Like there's, there's no, there's no way that we're going to solve this entire problem until we stop agreeing with it and feeding into it, concurring with it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, can I, I want to make, I'm not, people on the show know that I'm not a huge, <clears throat> huge fan of feds generally. And I think that was clear just by what I said. Uh, but I want to, I, I do want to, there's a caveat here. A lot of times this stuff is done in a way where <clears throat> both the informants and even many times the federal agents involved don't have a big picture of what's happening. They get their marching orders to go do X, Y, and Z. They think it's for some other cause or that the outcome will be somehow different, that they're helping in some way that's different than what they actually are doing. And I think it's few people that really understand what what dish is being prepared to be served to the public. Um, and someone's like, oh, you know, I'm 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 shredding carrots because we're making a salad. And it turns out uh, no, uh, you're going to kill someone by stuffing shredded carrots down their throats or whatever it is. It's like, oh, I, I thought we were doing something completely different than what we're doing now. Um, that is, so that is the strangest analogy I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I couldn't think of a, I stopped at that. I'm like, what other food would you eat? And I'm like, no, I think they would just shove the carrots down your throat and kill you. Like, that's what they would do. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that. I like that. I, like that. I think by that the, the other, way, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead, Carter. It's fine. I just wanted to address something in chat. People are like, oh, Daniel's the glowy. And then someone's uh, Keith said, I look like the glowy. To be clear, I should be the biggest glowy suspect of all of us. <laughs> on my background. I mean, you I are wearing really a suit. Uh, so I don't know. Something a glowy would say. Are you wearing khakis? <laughs> I, I, I'm wearing tactical khakis. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we uh, what we failed to tell the audience before we started the show is we're actually going to reveal one of us is a glowy, in fact, and we can reveal who it actually is. Can you guess who? It's a mystery. But what I was going to say though is, um, I think it's all really interesting how it turned out. Like now looking back to reflect on everything that you said, Carter, with regards to like who's getting funded now. I mean, they're they're keeping going a lot of uh, things from 
9-11, like the Patriot Act and things like that, like pumping in more, more and more money into surveillance and like all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, hand in hand, what's happening is the coup. So now you have um, this group that predominantly was viewed as uh, people who are, I, I wouldn't say quote unquote anti-vax, but they were more questioning what was happening in America at that moment with regards to the coup and how it was being handled and how, um, you know, like they weren't wearing masks. They were going in mass to, you know, rallies, to Trump rallies. They were, uh, they weren't scared of what was happening around them and they were willing to go out there and do that. Um, so I think that that's the other part of it is to like basically other these people as to, as that they, they are dangerous to society right now. We need to get rid of them. We need to other them. We need to put them in the special category. And yes, these guys, these guys are going to be the anti-vaxxers. And I mean, the, the, like even Trudeau in Canada came out like the other day and gave this speech about how anti-vaxxers are basically the same thing as misogynists and racists. So you guys are like, and, and we have these, this this group is very uh you know tied to that same thing anti like you know racism uh misogyny uh, all that stuff like usually that's how they're portrayed in the media so i think that that was the other side of it is by by definitely putting a marker on that side and people who are like in florida like ron DeSantis, wanting that different like the different way of handling things and how that's wrong uh, and and what they're doing is right. So I that's also a really interesting note. How I much think. easier how much easier is it to to direct people's ire when you have a boogeyman to point them toward? Exactly. Whereas when people it's really hard to wrap your mind around the fact that there maybe isn't an adult in the room in control of all of this. There might there there might not be some master puppeteer <laughs> at the top levels of all of this that we're all just kind of acting in our own self-interest. And this is just kind of the result of that. <laughs> and people just kind of know instinctively how to divide people. Um I, I don't I don't know. I I just I, I feel like it's um it's it's something that's that people have a really hard time uh getting straight in their mind like hey i have some role in this uh we can make changes in my in our lives you know on a local level but we're so busy focusing on the big picture stuff that we feel completely powerless to control that as a result nobody does anything we just sit around and like like gorge ourselves on netflix and popcorn yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought we were all laughing for anybody who's just listening to this episode later we're all laughing at uh we just got a super chat five dollars from totally not the fbi it says, hello, fellow insurrectionists. Daniel is definitely not the glowy. You can trust me. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> add. Let's go raid the Capitol. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think oh, what no. you're saying, though, is by design. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Adam, please. No, actually, I was going to make a comment because you mentioned Trudeau. Um, I, I had tweeted out before. I don't think anybody who's caught wearing blackface should lecture anybody about racism, yeah. especially Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> no, more than once too it's not like, like he's done times. it once like, like three he's times. done it like three times yeah adam i though i i, I don't want to i don't want to go there but i have to point out you ain't black i've been told all about it <laughs> oh, from yeah. joe biden so who are I you you're gonna say daniel because daniel said that multiple times to me no. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were you, I thought you were just championing white supremacy because um, usually that's that's also the the other thing. Actually, if, I'm, if anybody I'm, wants any comedy, go check out Tariq Nasheed's Twitter feed. Holy shit, that is a cool. Oh, oh my god! I have so uh, I just wanted to give one bit of anecdotal 
just to add to this conversation is when you're talking about Daniel, all the different people that were there last year, January 6th, it just made me think of, well, who do I know that was there? I know two church ladies that were there. Beds. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, nothing. And, <laughs> and they made the, they made the trip up from Texas Two of the kindest, sweetest people who would give you the shirt off their back. Well, that's their and online persona. No, they're not online. Imagine that. They live real lives. <laughs> wow. Helping people. And they were there to because they wanted they they thought there might be something nefarious happening with the election results. Like a lot of people did. I think I think we've gotten to the place where they blow these narratives so out of proportion that even I have to remind myself, what was the mood of people I knew who were there? Why were they there? It's sort of like the Charlottesville thing, how um, you know Trump said it, not all were white supremacists and people just wouldn't let that go, but he was right. There are people there who did not go there but to push white supremacy, or in this case, in the case of January 1st, to invade the Capitol. That's not why most people were there. Um, yeah. So. And so this story that's getting told, it's just, I think it's just really unfair to the people who, and I, and I wondered, are there people now who were there who've been pressured to disavow or, you know, even this reporter who called me, he really wanted to get me on the record saying, you know, do you support violence? Do you No, of course not. I'm for the non-aggression principle, you know, but the, there's really this push to get people to kind of distance themselves. And I think some of the uh, people who are being held and charged they were trumpeting their apologies from within the jail cells, which really made me think of the kind of forced apologies you would see under Mao. But there were people who were like, I regret. Did you guys see the one that where the guy recanted? He recanted being a part of it and ever believing Trump. Yeah. No, I, I didn't that, but I did They're see scared. Ted Cruz apologize yesterday for call, calling them terrorists. Um, that was pretty funny. Because he, he Wait, Ted Cruz called them terrorists? What? Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like last, like last year when it happened, Ted oh, Cruz oh, was happened. saying that. Yeah, when it he he was saying that they were terrorists and that this was awful and they should have never done that. And then he went on uh, Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson basically told him like he's an idiot and he was like, I take it back. And he was just like trying to walk it back. Uh, of saying he's a little that. bit of a fair weather conservative, but um, I mean, Carrie, just one one final thing. I sh I should recommend some articles. There's a series of articles on. Uh, revolver that if you're if you want to go down a rabbit hole and there's a lot of information here because there's so many I mean it was a uh, lots of people on January 6th mm -hmm. lots of people being protested there's over 20 there's there's over 20 unindicted co-conspirators like people that are named that have that were doing things that the federal feds will not prosecute many if not most of those we're doing things much more egregious than the people that are being prosecuted, which is what raises this issue. But the reason I brought this, this um, one of the reasons I talked about Ray Epps is you could see when he was telling people, we have to go raid the Capitol, we have to go to the Capitol, we all have to go to the Capitol. Sometimes people were just like, sometimes people pointed at him and yelled fed. A lot of times people are like, that's not what we're here. Like they would just go off and do whatever. Like that's not what they were there for, but they were corralled into the Capitol by this group of people that took down barriers. And so like, I, yeah, it's I don't, ridiculous I don't know. to yeah, argue that people that, went honestly, there to raid the Capitol. We, no, we started walking there before the Trump speech was over. There was already people just kind of walking there. I saw people actually taking down, like removing the, the barriers 
and breaking right. them down to get in. It wasn't. It, no, I'm talking about like the protesters and stuff. Um, well, that was actually one of the most famous right. videos it from it was from Alex Jones, where he was like, you know, him and his megaphone, and he's like, you know, like. You, you could argue one of the craziest alt-right, like whatever, conspiracy theorist nut job, right? Like that, that, that they all the talking points that you could possibly imagine. There's videos of him like literally standing there screaming out, don't go there, don't go there. And he's telling people not to go there. And he's like, you know, just stay here, just stay around and like, you know, don't go there. So like there was a lot of people who were who who, who saw it coming. Like, they knew yeah. what was happening. They knew they were being set up and telling people not to go. And he has a large following and people weren't going because he was saying that. Yeah, so. even even right up there up front, man, people were like, some were like trying to go farther and some were people like, stop, don't do that, <laughs> cut it mm -hmm. out, yeah. like begging people to stop. Like, I, I mean, it's it was chaos. It was straight up chaos. You know what it is? It's that whole threshold theory about, about riots, whether or not you would call mm -hmm. this a riot. Um, but it is that threshold theory of when you're in a crowd and I there know. are those, yeah, those people who have the threshold mm -hmm. of, there's very few people who have that threshold of zero where they are will throw the rock when nobody else is throwing the rock. But then there's the people with the threshold of one who, if they see one person doing it, then they'll do it. And then yeah, there's the people right. with threshold of two. Well, if there's two people doing it, they'll do it, and on and on and on. And I think that happens with crowds where if you get enough people that are walking towards the Capitol and are like, we're going in. I heard about some, it. Somebody who never would have done it yeah, would, might be likely to say, Okay, we're all we're all doing it. Cool. You know, herd, herd mentality, right? Yeah. Herd mentality. Yeah, I, I heard about that before, but like when I when we actually actually got there, I'm not a follower by any stretch of imagination. I'm always bucking the, the the trends and trying not to follow along with the crowd. And I even felt that urge to like go along with them and like right. Cheer. Like you because there's so many. Like, yeah, there's an energy. Like, there's an energy that you want to be a part of, and it's it's like I've I've been in those uh, situations, but like. Because I was a lefty like you were, Carrie, uh, back in the day. So I went to my share, share of protests, like, you know, at, <laughs> against the war in Iraq and like all that stuff. Like, you know, you I was Did dead. you show George Bush what was what? Nina? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had right. my signs, yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, throwing shoes at the at the at the Bush uh, pictures and stuff like that, you know. Uh, but, you know, we were there and it and there is an energy when you're with with that, like, a collective of people and they're all doing this thing. So you, it's really hard not to get caught up in the moment and like go along with it. Um, yeah. And most of the time when, when you see it coming though, like I, like I said, like with Alex Jones, uh, there are warning signs. So if you're like aware of your surroundings and you know what's going on, then uh, you know, it's all the more reason to have like your thinking cap on at the time and yeah. try and not go with the crowd uh, and be aware of yourself. Can I, I just want to make a quick mathematical point about um, what you were saying, Carrie, how there's this threshold of like some people will do zero and some people, if they see one person, they'll do it and two mm -hmm. people do it. Um, if you work out the math for that, you'll see, I think, I haven't worked out the math, but I'm in my head, I think it's it's pretty clearly it's a, you get exponential involvement. So um, because you, it's a compounding, right? Yes. So you can get to activating a large number of people if you can provide a very small number of people willing to do it, and that's how a small, a handful of operatives or just bad players can go into a large crowd and get hundreds of thousands of people to do yeah. something because they only need to get the first few. And then because there's very few people who will do it on their own, mm -hmm. uh, not many who will do it with just one. 
But once you get up to the threshold of like five or six people around you are doing it, there's a lot of people who will do it. And then that triggers the 10 people threshold people. And then the 20, like it just, it compounds very easily. Someone needs to kick it off. And yeah. you can have people there who's, who are trained in and whose job is to kick it off. It, it reminds me of, um, this is a crass analogy, but do you remember the, those stupid videos, Girls Gone Wild? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Carrie knows. You, you have to <laughs> think through the drunken fog, Carrie. Do you remember being in some bit? No. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, you're making it. I was just thinking about how much I used to hate that guy as a feminist and rail against him all the time. Right. Well, what he uh, did. Yeah. To, to get these girls to behave in the way he did, they would go to a venue and he hired a handful of girls to go in, start kissing each other, drinking too much, taking their shirts off, acting crazy. And that was enough to get all of the the to, to that was the initial spark that was needed to get that behavior to um, propagate through the crowd so that normal girls were quote unquote normal. I don't know what kind of normal girl is in a crowd. Like that. <laughs> normal girls start to do that kind of stuff on camera. Right. So well, he pays a few and he gets footage of a hundred people doing this. And Carter, it's that, interesting that's the that same you strategy. say this because I feel like it's actually both sides of the coin, right? Like, cause you could do this in a negative way. And like what you're saying is absolutely correct, but that's the same thing with the butterfly effect, right? Like you could, you could also instill that as a, as a means for change. And like, you know, what, when, when you, do something good. Like I believe, like, you know, I believe in karma and I believe in that energy balancing out. So like, for example, like what we're trying to do right now on Twitter or like with our channels or whatever, we're trying to wake up people as much as possible. To what's going on right now with the rights being taken away with like everything that's going on with the coof and how it's being handled. And I mean, look at what they're doing to Novak Djokovic. It's absolutely mind boggling what is happening in our world right now in every corner of the world. And it only it's only going to take a small population to yes. wake up and create that change. That's all we need too. like it, it, it works with both ways. Yes. Have you seen that video of the guy who is dancing on the hill? like just crazy dancing mm. and then slowly oh, yes. another and person comes up and another starts person dancing and, yep. for a while and then later three yes exactly carrie it's exactly <laughs> it it works on both levels because you know that's what the yin and yang is right and our world is represented with that i feel like we're we're you're, there's always a light and a dark right and and i think that as much as it works with the negative, it also works with the positive. It's a little bit harder to get the positive momentum going, uh, and it takes more effort. But once it does, it it's it spreads like wildfire. So I'm ready to I'm ready to start figuring out how do we make a change for the better using tits and psychology. That's, that's <laughs> like that needs to be the solution. I think. Follow my channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, I think it's that it, you're mentioning basically like a balance between the two. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I really started to take hold of when it comes to politics is just figuring out where's the balance between the two, because there's a little bit of truth on both sides of, of the coin. Um, and I, I wish people understood that more so. Like uh, today I talked about how being a moderate, you know, people don't even think that you can be a moderate anymore, that you can be someone who says, I'm just trying to objectively choose something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, there's a reason why I've chosen independence. 
And I didn't leave the left to automatically, you know, leave being a Democrat to be automatically become a Republican and run into the same tribalistic traps as I did on the left. Yep. So I think more. Not. Yeah, exactly. So I think more people are actually moderates. They're just un, uh, unactivated. And I think what's been happening in the past couple of years is there's been a concerted effort by the, the fringes to get everyone activated, whether it's for Trump or against Trump. You know, and he label was, you. And label you. Exactly. Yeah. So people, that was one thing I noticed too about the past couple of years. People who weren't necessarily politically inclined um, treated politics like a sport, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm rooting for my team. Um, yep. and, and that was their only reference point. And for someone like myself, even though I was on on a different political spectrum, I never saw it like that, right? I saw it as something completely different, especially as a sports fan, right? I saw it as something completely different. It was ideas, it was policy, it was it was something much more than that. Um, and so I, I think the extremes have had a lot of the microphone and the moderates need to come back, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I think the, one of the travesties there is that the the assumption is that when you cease being a Republican, you must be a Democrat. And when you cease being a Democrat, you must be a Republican. Right. The mm -hmm. entire scale is on the wrong side of the individualist authoritarian scale. Like there's another mm -hmm. dimension that no one's paying attention to. And it's like, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's what Daniel Wagner said at the beginning. And I think what you said, Adam, at the beginning, it's about the state versus the people. That's yeah. what it's, and it's always been about that. That's what it's about. Carter, well, you would probably find this more accurately. I think, sorry, more accurately, just real quick, you might say it's something more like freedom versus tyranny. Yeah, or sure. normal versus yeah. psychopaths. Abstract, I mean, at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, Carter, you would find this funny, but that that reporter, Sam from the BBC, mm -hmm. couple couple things he said. One, when I mentioned Ray Epps, who we've mentioned in this episode, who has not been charged and is on video actually encouraging people to go into the Capitol. He didn't know who Ray Epps was. He's a journalist. Um, he said he would look it up. He, I know. He, he said he would look it's it on up. on the most, most wanted list. I also right said, I also said, um, you know, I was telling him what I think that there's people, I think that there's something afoot here, something strange afoot here because there are people like Ray Epps who have not been charged, who are inciting things. And so, I think there were obviously some um, federal agents or informants who were involved and we're never going to know the, the extent of that. And he said, would well, you have evidence of this? And I was like, well, no, I'm just saying, I think, I don't know. I could be wrong. He's like, but you don't have evidence of it. So that's a conspiracy theory. You, know, you do have evidence. You don't have proof, but you do have evidence. And the evidence is there's 20 plus people who've done horrible things that the federal government is refusing to, to indict. In fact, with Ray Epps, yeah. they haven't even searched his communications because yeah. they don't want his because if they do, his communications become something that needs to be shared with defense attorneys and it will unravel if he was in contact with people. It will unravel stuff like they are intentionally not going after. I, was it Ray Epps communication that they haven't looked at or was it um, the other guy, Stuart? Stuart uh, Rhodes. You mind Rhodes. if I attempt to jump this but, conversation off the rails for a moment? Yeah, but mm -hmm. real quick, let me just say this. Last thing that journalist said to me at the end even though I thought I made this clear when I talked to him back during the election, he said, so something about like, 
would this would you ever consider leaving the Republican Party? And I said, I, I've never been in the Republican Party. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, and it, but just to get to your point about how it's like he just views it, and he said, "Well, do you think the Republican?" Because I was saying, you know, Democrats. You should ask are- him if he's going to leave Pedophiles Anonymous. See how he says what he says. Bam. Okay. He said, "You know, I was talking about how the Democrats aren't letting a crisis go to waste when it comes to COVID, and they're pushing these authoritarian mandates like." vaccine mandates and mass mandates and shutting down businesses. And he said, well, do you think the Republicans do that too? And I was like, yes, yes, they do. They use 9-11 to do the same thing. So I'll let you, Daniel, take it away. I just want to say the journalists don't think like we do. They do think like, well, if you're not a Democrat, you must be a Republican. And yeah. So I'm really curious, and this is probably one of the main reasons I started the Unframe of Mind channel to begin with, is because there's a question that I, I feel like is missing that people aren't asking. And the, and the question is something like, why should I care? Like the, the amount of time, Carter, you spent getting all these names and dates and locations, and you know exactly all the all the minutiae of whatever the hell you're talking about. It's, it, it, it I actually only spent a couple hours. There's a lot well, more. You can even, spend a lot of time in this. Obviously, yes. I mean, you, you have more of a widespread, but you get where I'm going with this. It's like, why, mm-hmm. why should I care about what's going on thousands of miles, hundreds of miles away from my location? Like, I, I should be focused on my family, my local community, my neighbors. Like, imagine if we took all that energy that we spend on the, on the Internet trying to get all of our facts straight and trying to own libs on the Internet. If we just took that time to actually focus on something locally that we actually that is that is within our locus of control. You know, something we actually have some ability to influence or change or improve. And we're, we're so busy caught up on what's the latest big, huge news story that we don't ever. T- I mean, um, I, I know some of us are do it on different degrees, but it's just a question that I, I don't think people ask enough is like, why do I care about this particular story? Does it have any right. influence on my life whatsoever? Yes. Should it have any influence on my life whatsoever? And how do we change that? Right. Well, well I go ahead, Adam. Well, actually, I was going to say that um, this reminds me of an article I wrote not too long ago, basically saying, uh, you know, you're not entitled to my emotions because there's a lot of effort to get people uh, to feel like, for example, Black Lives Matter. You're supposed to do that. Why? Why should I? Why should I feel this particular emotion about someone I'll never meet and I've never met and or, or anything like that? Um, yes. You know, you should have the right to say, I don't care. And not seem as someone who's not compassionate. Oh, you know? I was I was like a, a a bad guy because I brought up the point like when when what's his face uh, on the movie set uh, shot the Alex person. Baldwin. Alex. Oh, Alex Baldwin, yeah. Or Alex. Alex. You see, Alex. You see, see how much I give a shit when that <laughs> happened. I'm like, I'm like, I don't. I'm never going to meet that. I was never going to meet this lady who got, I mean, yeah, I guess that's sad that she died, but, and, and that's, that's, that's fucked up, but uh, I don't, I don't know why I should care. I don't, I have no feelings. Well, if you're an American, you, you care about the second amendment, you might want to care because they use that kind of story to stop the second amendment. Like those, those, right. are, there's always like things that, that, that exactly interloop with one another. Um, I, the thing is, is that I understand what you're saying and I'm actually like kind of like a libertarian center, whatever you want to call it. I, so I do care about like local communities. I think that, I think that that's actually really important. What you're saying about local communities is really important. Getting decentralized is very important. If you want to stop, like, you know, what is going on, get decentralized, stop, like, you know, 
putting your 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 energy into the main government and thinking that they're going to come rescue you stop do, start doing things for yourself uh growing food whatever whatever that may, may mean for you right um but having said that i come from a country that iran was war torn by the communists then islamics and blah 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 and the monarchy fell up, apart, blah, blah, blah. And we're the state that we're in because of mass apath apathy that happened in our country. So, oh, and the uh, CIA, to be clear. Well, the well that, but when, when mass <laughs> apathy sets in into a collective, I'm talking about like, you know, this is after the fact, right? Because when mm -hmm. you, when you sit there and you think about like, well, what, why did, why did this happen? And how can we stop it? And how can we ever change anything? And people are going, well, I mean, I'm good with like living my life, uh, you know, whatever it is and not having anyone come to my door and ask me like to put on my hijab or whatever, whatever that may mean. Right. That's also setting in for your country. So like when you ask a question like that, like, why should I care about January 6th? So why should I care about a bunch of people going to thing? If I live in Minnesota and like, you know, I really don't care about what's going on in DC right now. Uh, well, you should maybe care a little bit because that's your country. That's where you live. Um, and, and, you know, there is a big, uh, divide in lines of thought here. Uh, that's more of a difference than what the politics is than, than anything else. And I think that, that when that apathy sets in, that can be the most dangerous thing because then people won't care about anything and there yep. won't be change, even in your local communities. While I agree, with, while I agree I with what you're saying, I, I don't feel like I should... I, I shouldn't have to care what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I, it is. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to, yeah. <laughs> this is where the anarchist kind of mindset comes from, you know, trying to, you know, freedom is always the answer. It's it's like one step further than the libertarian views that you you claim. And I, I, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have had to even, it shouldn't even cross my mind as something important to do to go down to Jan to, to uh, Washington, D.C. to be mm -hmm. there for that like that that should not have mattered at all like i honestly if i was smarter with my time and actually was able to focus on the things i needed to focus on i would have saved that money and spent it on my family to go take them to a nice dinner or vacation sure. mm -hmm. the time with them that's what i should have done with it and i and i feel like i spent it irresponsibly is what i did am i am i sad that i went up there and experienced it no not at all but it's just trying to get yourself in the mindset of where is my efforts best placed and, and just take that time yeah. to before you start, you know, I've, I've seen the comments like, you know, just you can you can study it and, and know it, but, you know, don't spend time trying to change people's minds. And that's where people get caught up so much. They spend mm -hmm. so much time on the Internet trying to change people's minds. And it, you'll never meet these people. You will never yeah. meet these people. I think it's also that people get their was well, sort of to what you were saying, Adam. Hey, people capture your emotion, your attention and your caring and use it for political or activist ends. And so mm -hmm. this is a combination of what you're all saying. And I think people need to, I would say, interrogate what it is you think you care about and make sure you have all the facts and that you're not wasting your time or your empathy is not being manipulated to turn you into a little foot soldier for some agenda which you're not does. even aware of, yeah. which happens all the time. That's all what... When I was in social justice, that's what I thought I cared a lot about a lot of different issues. And and what was really happening is they're taking my empathy was being manipulated to every issue. It was like, if you care about the downtrodden, you're going to vote this that's way. That's your cause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you care about the down and, and without a lot of examination of like, 
is that true? Is this the only way to vote if I care about the downtrodden? Like, is this the only way to vote if I care about people? That's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people don't interrogate that enough, I think. Well, Carrie, and the other part is just energy, right? Mm-hmm. How much energy can an individual put into every single cause that happens around the world? Like, like you were just talking about, I'd imagine it was very exhausting to care about every single thing that people yes. are putting in front of your face. Right? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, and, it's exhausting. So <laughs> it's exhausting, which is why I'm like, I, I always look at things like, granted, I'm kind of a, a, a culture war junkie. So I'll, I'll look at it. I'll see it. It's kind of interesting, but I don't care that much. Right. I'll talk about it if need be, but I don't mm-hmm. care enough to cry about it to, you know, yell at the world about it. You see why I tweet. I'm rarely angry when I tweet, right? I'm I'm ta- I'm like examining it, but I don't put that much emotional energy into things because I care about my sanity. You also have a real life. Yeah. yeah. A, lot pe- a lot of people don't. <laughs> like you have like a wife and, you know, you have a son and you have a family and you guys have plans and you're building a life. And I mean, Carter's going through this recently with the new baby and like, and I have... You know, my husband and I are trying to get this house fixed up, and I, I have a lot of hopes and wishes that have to do with things I need to focus on in my real life. And so I think sometimes when people don't have anything going on in their real life, and maybe that's because they're horrible, soul-sucking think- people to be around, <laughs> then they, they put everything into their online political ideology because it's like my real life is in shambles. Everything's about getting Trump out of office, you know? Yeah, every, everything is <laughs> I think you you guys are all right. Like, it's just about finding that balance because like, usually like I've come to a point in my life too, like where, you know, I, like, like I said, I, I usually talk about this kind of stuff on Wednesdays, like on my Wednesday show, but like during the past couple of weeks, I've been kind of like out of it. And I'm, I, I feel like I've, I've been kind of like beating the same drum over and over. And I feel like, am I really getting anywhere? Like, am I like, I don't really know. Like I'm just stressing myself out. So I decided to kind of like take a step back and focus on like more creative projects that actually like help people like, you know, writing books or whatever it is that you do so that like you're actually putting out some energy and creativity in the world and trying to solve problems through that method rather than just kind of like you know saying the same thing over and over again expecting a different result it's just not happening people who are awake by now are awake to what's going on and if you're not then you know i don't know if you're ever gonna be awake i I don't know It, it i'm kind of stuck there too i don't know i don't know what to do at this point i'm just i I just like lately, I'm so far in into people are people send us stuff a lot. I'm sure they send you guys stuff a lot. And the stuff that most of the things I get is like, watch this video, read this news article. And it's a lot of stuff to be outraged about. And lately, I'm like, you know what? I'm opening the emails that are about um, like vintage antique sideboards that I can turn into a double vanity for my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. like, like send me, I'm getting back to those people right away. Like, oh my God, that's beautiful. What about this Yeah, one? totally. Like good messages. That's why I'm focusing on the good news thing rather than this, because I'm just kind of like, there's no, there's like, there, there's so, it's, we're saturated. We're saturated with constant negativity. And it's just like, and that goes to add to the mass psychosis, which also talks, like this is that's why I have this book now. So if you want if you guys want to figure out what's actually going on for yourselves, for your own mentality, just read this book and then you will know political pornology, the science of evil. 
Poner, ponerology. Girl, yeah. we are going to do That's this. That's a word I've never heard in my life. Is that an I actual know. word? Or did you make that up? No, this guy made it up. His this name guy. is Andrew Lebowski. Uh, okay. He's a PhD psychologist. He's passed away now, but he was in Poland. He survived the Holocaust and he wrote this book. This book was banned for a long time. He was finally able to publish it before he passed away. Uh, and he has vocabulary today. Yeah. And he, he, he's made several words up, including words like spellbinders, which is what he calls the media and who basically put people under a spell. Um, it's it's very a, good. It's very too. good stuff. I made up a word for business. What? I made up a word. Phobismist. Phobismist? Yeah, yeah. What does How that do you mean? Define that? Yeah, we, we do a whole segment on our show. It's on, it's on Urban Dictionary. We do a whole segment on our show where a phobismist, it's made up of phobism and ist. And it's our, it, we, oh, we view it as our duty sense. to uh, explain to everybody why you should be offended by literally everything. Like we went through Humpty Dumpty and explained how problematic it was, for example. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> nice. It's so much fun. I, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out because I'm someone who uh, I I do want to care about all this stuff, but also when I like you, Carrie, I'm like people are like you should be outraged by this and this, and I'm just like, oh. like I'm like I can't, I can't, like, I'm yeah, tired of being outraged by stuff. What right? do you? What kind of email are you excited about getting? Me? Yeah, like um, or just text or whatever. I'm just generally not excited about emails, but uh, <laughs> I would guess. I, well, my solution to this is not surprising to anyone who watches the show. This is why I really focus on philosophy and ideas more. Because yeah. when you get more abstract, you can I can combat all instances of communism by explaining how collectivism is evil <laughs> fundamentally. And like now I don't have to like I don't have to get outraged by every little instance because I'm focusing on explaining to people why collectivism is evil, what it is, how it's different from individualism, and maybe some once in a while take one thing and apply it so you can see how that philosophy is applied. Um, and I think a lot of people I, – I mentioned this actually the other day. I don't think a lot of people are prepared to discuss politics, but they discuss it nonetheless. And I don't mean they're uninformed about the issues. That's certainly also true. Uh but what I mean is politics comes after ethics philosophically. Politics is the implementation of ethical conclusions that you've drawn. And so many people are in such a fog about what they believe ethically that they should shut yeah. the fuck up about politics because they can't – you can't argue about politics if you're uncertain about what the hell you think I've ethically. I don't even think it's that complicated. I think it's just our polit our political arena right now is just the result of momentum from from the 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 way people are brought up. Like you start in the yeah. you start in the family household and the way your family structure is ruled, you tend to just kind of run on that momentum. Not a lot of people are putting so much thought into their stuff that they're like, "Hey, my ethics are this and therefore my politics are that." No, but I'm saying they should, right? Yeah, and like and yeah. and they don't. But sure. I, I actually think that you, you could take that a step further because that's what's happening now is that they're trying to uh, kind of like blurry the law, the lines between ethics and morality and what that actually means. Like, for example, um, I've had 
several recent conversations about a very unpleasant topic, which is pedophilia and uh, basically like people who are trying to blurry the lines between that instance and, and normalize that instance. And it's not normal. Um, and what they're trying to do is to, to blur the lines. And they're doing that with like pop culture all the time like if you see if you're if you're into pop, pop culture like i am you you see the stories you see like constantly now where the villain is always misunderstood and they're not get like the the you know there's always like this uh misunderstood factor to the villain and the, the hero is like oh i'm not gonna do anything about this now like for example with cruella Deville, um and like you know several different uh pop uh, projects that have happened now that we see these blurred lines and and mm -hmm. I think that goes along aligned with what you're saying. That's why people don't really question their ethics at all because the lines are con constantly being blurred. So like, what is right and what is wrong anymore? You know, nobody knows. I don't want to speak for Daniel, but yeah, I <laughs> a Hollywood script where they take Donald Trump in that place of trying to explain his 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 terrible evil personality. <laughs> well, <laughs> Daniel, I I don't want to speak for you but it sounds like what you're saying i'm going to rephrase what you're saying and try and combine it with what nina is saying we are raised to believe that we obey authority figures and that life is about getting what you can get out of the authority figure and that translates into politics when you get older and you just fight for your side and there's not really a question of ethics hmm. it, no, i don't see people actually questioning ethics in general no right well, it's when, happening when, a lot more. When, 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 when you actually try to bring it up and, and really dig down deep, you could tell there was like no actual thought here. They're, they just took a template, say Christianity, for example, they just took a template and ran with it. And that was good enough for them. So they lived their lives that way. And it was good enough for their parents. So, you know, whatever. And there's not really a lot of actual deep thought in why they believe what they believe. But if they hit a crisis, I think a lot of those people, then they examine their belief system for the very first time. Sometimes. Sometimes. And Sometimes. that's the yeah. best case, right? When they do that. Yeah. yeah. Adam, were you going to say something too? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that was, that's part of my problem with uh, progressives is because their, their line of ethics and morality are constantly changing. It's always progressive, right? So at one moment, uh, this is fine, but you know what? We're extremely empathetic. And you know what? If they want to, identify as this and wear this and act this way and do this. Who am I to judge? You know, let's just go. No. And they, they're constantly changing and constantly moving to the point where it's like they don't there's no sense of actual morality. They mm -hmm. there's no sense of being principled either because principles are solid mm -hmm. and and they're yes. constantly moving the line as far as what is acceptable and what's not. And I've said it before and, and I hate when it's seen as some sort of like QAnon conspiracy theory thing, but the the final frontier is pedophilia. It that's, is. That, that's, it that's what it is for me. I've been losing my mind about this, Adam, because I don't know why somehow I've been dragged into several conversations about it now and like on live streams where mm -hmm. somehow like these weirdo, you know, pedophilia sympathizers come out of the woodwork and I'm like, how is this even a thing? And, <laughs> and and I'm like, this is this is the hill I will die on. Like, I, I have no sympathy for that. Like, I, right. I don't. They care. have to remove all taboos, all boundaries. And that's like the final taboo. Of, yeah. all, really of, the guests, of all the guests I've had on my show, I've I mean, we've spoken to all kind of different uh, ideas. We've had a self-proclaimed racist on the show, for example. But of all of the people <laughs> that I've had 
come to me and want to be on the show. I've had, I've turned down one, one individual and this guy was a pedophile that just got out of jail, wrote a book and wanted to peddle his book on my show. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that. No, that's a line that, I mean, I will talk to anybody about their ideas, but no, that, that is, that is for me, the line too far. You know, for that kind of a discussion, you guys might want to consider a condom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that'll be the first conversation we have with <laughs> with the Kondamon? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna say it's the first conversation with a wood chipper, but yeah, see I didn't <laughs> I didn't turn him down for moral principled reasons. I turned him down because it would ruin the branding of the show. Yeah. <laughs> jokes, yeah. guys, yeah. jokes, just jokes. It's it's no, unbelievable though. I, that, I feel like it's unbelievable. That really does seem to be, as you're saying, the last frontier and I remember just a few short years ago when people who were waking up to or maybe had been awake to social justice ideology or what you're calling progressivism, Adam, for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, a few short years ago when people were talking about they're going to start to push this as well. People view that as hyperbolic or hysterical or somehow an exaggeration. And now I think you're saying that that's not the case. You're, we're starting to see more people making these trying to make these arguments online, these these minor attracted persons, you know, the right politically correct language for it and and how we need to destigmatize it because that helps people. And they're using all the same tactics they've used with everything else. You I mean, I care. Saw, you know, like I usually don't like to name names, but I'm going to drop a name this time because I'm like, you know what? These people should be ashamed of themselves. This one gosh, guy, uh, Vosh, I saw a clip from him the other day and he's a YouTuber, literally said, uh, I think that pedophilia can be a good thing for both uh, the child and the person and uh, uh, the person committing the act. It like, straight up said it. And I was like, how is this guy not on a list? Like, how is this guy is a, an influencer on YouTube saying shit like this? And, and you know, and then we have. You know, well, at least he's not saying that censored. COVID's just the flu. I mean, that's, exactly. That Weinstein, you guys, oh, like everyone, like us, being censored. But this guy comes out and straight up says, you know, I want to, like, you know, I think pedophilia is a great thing, and blah blah blah, and and no, like nothing, nothing from YouTube. It's just, it's sickening. It's sickening. Wow. It makes me sick. I got to be honest. My concern is that Adam is wrong, and that they're going to think of another frontier. And that this is not the last one. <laughs> They're always pushing. And I don't know what that will be, but I'm scared animals? about it. <laughs> I think animals. I That's know. the only other thing I can think of. So I, do, I do want to push back They're a creative. little bit. I, I want Have to push you seen back. Event Horizon? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I just Sorry. want to push back just a little bit because you know, uh, we. I think there is a place for people with progressive ideas, and in, in, insofar as you know, if you, if all you have is conservatives, you're you're your society tends to remain stagnant doesn't really yeah. improve i mean we we've we've seen a number of things that i think all of us would agree are pretty good things i mean like you know uh, homosexuals are kind of accepted universally in most groups now it's just kind of like a normal thing now whereas before that wouldn't that would have been no big no 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 not happening um there's there there is a place for them there's a place for conservatives there's a place for everybody the, the problem is is when you have people trying to push those ideas using the ring of power so to speak and it becomes this all all or nothing game of it's either my way or your way. And one of us is going to have to lose. And that's mm -hmm. where you kind of have this 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 issue where the actual problem never really gets solved. And you just kind of keep going back and forth between two false uh, uh, choices here that does really I don't know, under normal circumstances, wouldn't be the case. I, I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, I, I think it makes sense that, you know, that 
I don't even want to say the the thing that you're talking about, Nina. <laughs> like one of, one of the things that's that's disturbing to me is the extent to so in a healthy society, um, there's no conversation about that because it's self evident that like the the wrongness of it is so self evident that it's mm-hmm. not necessary yeah. to have a conversation, right? Um, and we're at a point now where I sometimes debate with myself about like, well, on the one hand, you could dismiss it out of hand and say that's gross, but that's not an argument. In fact, you should actually sit down and have a rational discussion about it, but it's so distasteful. The idea that we need to sit down and have a rational discussion is is so scary because it means that so many people are so far gone intellectually that they needed explained to them why that's a problem. And that yeah. is that's almost scarier than the fact that it's a problem. It's like it's like yeah, like wow, the fact of us needing to have a need conversation about it. That is so yes. true. Yeah. 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 Because you want to just be like, go away. Exactly. Like, like, what are you <laughs> Why am I talking about this? Like, I don't want to yes. be talking about this at all. I mean, and that's a normal person's reaction. But again, yes. like the, things are becoming so blurred. And you know what? <laughs> it's so funny that you brought up like philosophy, right? Uh, like that's something that I think we all like we're in that age uh, of of people where like we studied that in, in high school or college. Like that was a that was a class that you would take, like, you know, along with Latin and like other whole mech and other classes that you would take that introduces those kind of things to you. What you know, what are ethics? What are morals? What is philosophy? You know, like the, con- the conscious greater than ourselves. Like what, is, what does it all mean? Kind of thing. They don't have that anymore. We don't have any of those kind of classes. Nobody's discussing this kind of stuff. The new generation of kids growing up have been completely kind of like lacking in any form of education in terms of like morality, like, you know, that kind of stuff, unless they're getting it from their parents, like homeschooled. Well, I think it's even worse, Nina, right? It's worse because the, the philosophy, like you could argue that philosophy's role in education for kids um, and if unless they want to be philosophers, in which case it could be much more. But just kind of the basic role is to help establish some like critical thinking skills, logical fallacies, understanding some like, you know, how the art of non-contradictory identification, like which is yes. reason, like mm-hmm. h- how to think and like, OK, like th- these are some basic principles. But it's not that they don't teach that anymore. It's that they took the vehicle where, where that was taught and instead they've replaced it with poison they yeah. like they teach anti that yes. whatever yeah. you do, don't think that there's only one reality that's not contradictory. Whatever you do, don't think that reason is important because that's just a construct of white guys. Right. Whatever you do, like don't think there's any ethics because there's not. Words have no meaning. Nothing has any meaning. There are no ethics. Everything's nihilistic. Like because they, you live in are, a society that's shutting up about it. They're like yeah. making it worse. Yeah, because it's- you're living in a society that's run by masculinity and like, you know, the patriarchy and no matter what right. you do, it's racist and like, you know, white supremacy rules everything. And you basically have no chance is what they're telling mm-hmm. you. Uh, and it's yeah, bullshit. Right. Gosh, so- if, I'm, if I'm McDonald's and it's well known that my product causes obesity, I am not going to want to teach my customers that our product causes obesity. You're not going to see it in my advertising campaign. I'm not going to teach my customers that. Um, and likewise, it, it's <laughs> I'm not going to educate them on how to figure out that my product causes obesity. And, and likewise, if you look at the public education system, 
ran by the state, you're not going to have the state <laughs> education system educate their students on the evils of governments. You're not going to have them <laughs> <laughs> about, about anarchist principles and what, what that even means because it would be counter to what their actual incentives would be. And, and what makes it even worse is you go even farther and you say, well, I'm not even going to teach them to have the critical thinking skills to be able to figure this out to begin with. And yes. that's why that's why you're seeing the crap you're seeing right now is because the incentive structure is completely bass backwards, completely bass backwards. So I just want to because uh, we sort of shifted away from the the pedophilia thing, but I I kind of want to bring it back for just two seconds. Um, Damn you, Adam! I know, Come on, Adam. Do do you really have to not joke? <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so uh, it reminds me of Douglas Murray. Uh, one of his books, he basically explains how our viewpoint. Um, Carter mentioned how we looked at gay gay people. And it went from that gay was a lifestyle to I was born this way. And so if it's a lifestyle, it's a choice. But if you're born this way, you can't help it. Right. And so that shift, along with like putting more gay people within media, uh, TV shows, that shifted our perspective. And so we're like, well, listen, they're born this way, so they can't help it. Why would I punish this person for being what they were born? And so that same vehicle has yes. moved yep. to transgender and the final frontier, at least I hope it's the final frontier that we, we were able to stop is pedophilia because yeah. they were born this way. But uh, man, I don't know how much I, how deep I can go into this, but I, I would highly I challenge that they're not born this way and that there are a lot of people who were manufactured into being that because of certain things that happened to them as a child. Mm-hmm. Right. So but we're not allowed to have these deeper conversations because there there's a group of people who want us to believe that they're just the same as gay, same as transgender. Same, yes. Uh, so I'm very so shocked about yeah. this, Adam. But that's the kind of people that I've been having conversations with now. And I was just like, yeah. I can't believe this is a thing. But also, that's the thing, like the, the manufactured <clears throat> ones that you're trying to say. They're mm-hmm. saying even the manufactured ones, we have to have sympathy for because it, it wasn't their fault that they were created this way. They're just repeating the cycle. And I'm at a point where I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I can't have sympathy. If you're going to keep that cycle, there's a lot yeah. of people who actually abused and traumatized or whatever, and they don't do that. And they and they make a conscious decision to never do that to anyone. Um, we need more people like that and not the ones that keep it going. Because if you keep it going and you act yeah. on it, you're part of the problem. Yeah, well, that, like that yeah, actually, this, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, that actually reminds me, uh, it sounds random, but Little Shop of Horrors, right? Mm-hmm. The plant needed blood to live. So, I mean, at some point, all right, here's my finger. All right, now I'm just started killing people and feeding you mm-hmm. the bodies, right? Moving past that morality standpoint, because I got to keep the thing alive. He can't help right. it. He was born this way. He can only survive off of blood. And it's the same type of thing. Uh, what is... If they're born this way and they can't help these urges, what will become the next thing to to keep them going, right? And that will be now our new focus is to how to keep them going, how to make sure that they're off, they're fine, and that I'm telling you, this is this it's is a slippery a, slope. We do slippery slope. We're already doing yeah. the same thing with drug addiction. You know, if you look at the cities that are saying they can't help it we need to give them needles and give them a safe way to shoot up because they're going to shoot up either way. So if we care about them, they are addicts, we need to help them get high. That's happening with drug addiction. It's happening with um, obesity. We're not allowed to any longer. See, there are certain things that 
should be stigmatized socially. Yeah. Things that are things that are bad for for us and bad for others. That socially, it's like you know, you don't maybe don't shouldn't remove the stigma from obesity because it keeps people wanting to be healthy. Maybe sh right. you shouldn't remove the stigma from being an addict, you know, and and certainly not remove the stigma from stigma from being a pedophile. Yeah. Exactly, well, Carrie. Punishments. I mean, I, I, I think I want to just point out the difference. This is one of the reasons why ethics are important and, and just some just some baseline ethics and understanding mm -hmm. of stuff. There's a conflation of the natural or with the ethical, right? And there's this, what you're talking about, Adam, they're like, well, I was born this way or I couldn't help it. So, like, we, we punish mm -hmm. behavior and, like, yeah. what, what what underlies all of this, actually, and, and their attempts to obliterate ethics um, is actually, in a, I think a lot of them at the, at the a deep philosophical level, at least the ones in charge or the ones who really think about this deeply, they are determinists. They do not believe in free will. Um, and so if you throw free will out and you say, I don't believe in free will at all, and it, the universe is entirely deterministic, then a conclusion that they draw then is, well, we can't punish anyone for anything. In other words, we actually can't have standards because we actually can't have any ethics. Ethics can't exist as a field, which is actually right. true. Ethics can't exist in a deterministic system because you can <laughs> ethics require choice, right? Yep. And so, like, you don't you don't go and you know yell at a bunch of animals f for being unethical. They're just behave. They don't have the choice. They're acting on instinct. They don't. The you don't, you don't, don't yell at computer <laughs> software for being unethical, right? That you, you don't talk one more time. I'm gonna kick you off. <laughs> He's being triggered. He's being triggered. You guys. I am so triggered right now. Like that cat is getting my philosophical rage. <laughs> All of it. Well, but you you may punish the cat because you're trying to train them Pavlovianly, or you're just pissed off and you don't like your cat, which I can relate to. But you don't actually ascribe ethical choices to them, right? Just like you don't do to code. So, um, but that's that's it's an obliteration of the entire field of ethics and. Frankly, that should scare the hell out of people. And it, it, it sounds very abstract to be like, well, it's just you're just having an abstract philosophical conversation. You can you imagine what a world with no ethics is like? I mean, that's how you that's get straight, the, straight that's, that's that's what makes right. That's where you get Attila the Hun rules you when you're yeah, in that's that world. a that's a world full of lawyers, uh, a world without <laughs> ethics. I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> can I make one last note? Um yes. One thing I, I observed when it comes to these, uh, I would, we'll call them apologists. Um, they're all communists. I don't know what it oh, is, yeah. but they're oh, yeah. all commies. So I, I coined the term in my head, commies love pedos. So they do. They, and it's, isn't it funny how CNN is, <laughs> is equated to commie news network and also, you know, the other one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. There's a, just to, I don't Did know. Did y'all hear that echo? Is it my echo? No, no, the echo chamber we all have going on right now. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> well, if you guys are on Facebook, I know not everyone is. There's a group that I've been in for a while just because I want to, I don't know, I want to see what's going on there and what's the culture in this group. It's called Parents Supporting Parents of Transgender Kids. And it is one of the most revealing, I guess, groups that I'm in in terms of where we're at as a culture. And if you want to, like you were talking about earlier, earlier, Carter, we're not giving kids 
the ground the grounding that they need to be able to think critically and 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 you said we're going beyond that and we're giving them poison and that is evident in this group it's just parent upon parent like sharing these stories about their kids who um in some cases are as young as four you know uh 15 year olds 11 year olds nine year olds they have certain rules for the group so immediately basically as soon as your kid tells you they're trans you have to refer to them as the so they'll and there's a bunch of like suicide and depression stuff in there and they don't they're asking questions like here's one it says my child attempted suicide last night my oh, sweet God. perfect happy silly 15 year old boy tried to end his life by overdosing on muscle relaxers we're in the hospital now on suicide watch it goes on and on and in the comments it's post after post from other mothers who are saying i was just at the er with my daughter a month ago for the same thing and, you know, here's another one, gut-wrenching. I was you back in August, never saw it coming. She said she didn't think it would kill her. And, and just post after post. And nobody's telling these parents, like, perhaps your children have are suffering from a lack of boundaries and truth. You're not standing up to them. There's other posts in here where they're like, I just want to get something off my chest. Uh, my child keeps changing his, his gender and his name and he's changed it three times now. And, and everybody, nobody says it's too much. There's never is it, too is much. Is it bad that my question to these people is, are your kids on TikTok? And if your answer is yes, <laughs> that's a problem. Like a, get them off of no, there. But see, nobody gives them real world advice. Straight like to that. the point, you know, nobody just, says stuff like man, that. Like, and they should. Yeah. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me because I read a story the other day, Carrie, about I think it was I forget what which state it was in. But this guy was yelling at the um, the mother and the father were yelling at the, 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 uh, the, the school board because some teacher had changed the gender of the child without the um, the parents knowing. And uh, they, they didn't even know that this happened. And then they really they found out through like some some other way. And then they realized that the child had a totally different identity in school Like would go and the teachers would call him like a boy or like it was a girl and they would call him a boy and ha had changed his name and everything. So it's become an incredibly um, difficult thing to navigate for a lot of parents and pe like kids are being inc incredibly influenced online that's why i say get your kids off tiktok like people really have to be paying attention what their kids yeah. are doing on the internet nowadays this new child level transgenderism strikes me as the very same type of uh feeling i had when i was in high school when i was like dressing up in like gothic attire and had my my my, my fingernails painted black and it was I just went like that it was a fad and I feel like this is the exact same thing because all yeah. of a sudden like, oh, well, my friend goes by they, them, I, I, I must be transgender too. Is like, and, and I feel like they're going to grow out of it. I, I, I wonder how much of us talking about it like this is just the same thing as our parents like going, oh my God, my kid's dressing like a damn devil worshiper or something. Exactly. Well, the difference is goths don't take hormone blockers and get yes. surgery. No, no I, I agree that 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 is not <laughs> no no that that's that's where we cross the line but as far as if they want to like go by what i don't care i really don't care if there's something unhealthy going on though if they're wanting to commit suicide like there's clearly something they're having an identity crisis of sorts that we need to address and that screams to me some kind of abuse or some kind of negligence or something to that effect because i don't know about you guys but i've never met an in-person somebody in person who uses they them pronouns who is not also the product of a childhood 
wrought with the most terrible, egregious offenses you've ever heard of, you know? It's I have yet to find somebody. That's, well, that's, some of these parents seem to be it's it's abuse by indulgence. I mean, it's it's almost um, they're in a place where no matter how many times the kid changes their name, changes pronouns, they buy all new wardrobes multiple times. They um, re do reannouncements to everyone about the new name, and and that bleeds over into other things. Where there was one I shared before with Carter, where the parents like I don't know what to do. Like my my male uh, female to male son, my son. Didn't, didn't want to go to his doctor's appointment, so missed it, then got mad at me to reschedule it. And then and it's just stories of these kids just walking all over these parents over and over, and the parents just laying down like a doormat. I'm like, yeah. there's something there that's not... Like, who is parenting this relationship, actually? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, just to add one thing, because Nita was talking about how the, the teacher changed her name and their identity at school. In certain states, that's legal for them to do. And I wow. don't know if people are aware of that. They're allowed to, uh, you know, call your daughter uh, a boy and your son a girl in school, give them a new name or address them by their new name. And they don't have to say a word to the parents. Yeah. yeah. Get your kids out of public school. I mean, the, the biggest case for that is actually in Vancouver, British Columbia. Like what happened with that father? I forget his name. Um, and oh, his yeah. kid that got yeah. taken away. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you know what the other crazy part of it is, Carrie is like, I don't even know if what you're saying to me, like, not that, I, not that I'm calling you a liar or anything like that, but it's like, I question the amount of actual, like factual information that's on Facebook and how many people are actually real, because there's a lot of it that goes a, like along the same lines as like wh what's going on with Twitter too. You get a lot of bots that look and feel real and are sharing these weird ass stories. And you're like, well, uh, I don't know if this is a real person. Like I actually don't know if, if it's as prevalent as we like to believe it is because what's going on with social media is a whole other ball game um, with, with uh, them bringing attention to these kind of things because they're trying to make it relevant. They're trying to make it like, this is a thing. Uh, and it's really not because it's such a real small percentage of people that actually go through this um, that like it, it's it's a lot that, less that's, than that's the same. That's the same perspective I have on the transgender bathroom yeah. issue. Mm -hmm. It's like there's so few there's like it's a statistically insignificant, insignificant portion of the population is actually going to have to face this challenge of which bathroom do I use? Like, mm -hmm. oh, but, but they, they've they've on the right have gone so, so far ramping up this idea that, oh, my God, this 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 female with a with a penis is going into the bathroom, going to rape my little girl. And they, they they're so afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And it's really not the issue. And, and it's probably not even going to be even remotely. Uh, it's, it's not going to affect your life at all <laughs> in your locality. Well, we I think the in, in slight defense of the conservatives, um, I think the, the difference between, let's say now and let's say 10 years ago, is that people have made it an issue uh, as far as where they're going to go, because the whole transgender thing has become an issue of itself. Right before, yeah. who knows? I like. I don't know if I was in the bathroom with someone who was transgender. I didn't Same. care. Mm -hmm. right? But the, the thing is, the transgender activists made it a thing, right? And then that made people say, well, I don't know if that's a good thing because there could be, for example, uh, people who are sexual predators who use, who use that concept to, to hurt other people. And it's happened. Extremely rare, but it's happened. And also the other thing is, 
because they made that a thing and certain businesses want to feel like they're uh they're on the right side mm -hmm. you know the the situation with the spot the spot incident in los angeles right. that was a that was a policy that was put into place by the the company right was that policy in place 10 15 years ago probably no. not right so that's that's where this kind of thing why conservatives might even talk about it is because the activists the activists made it a thing and and conservatives aren't stupid they they have already formulated this argument um in the gun debate like mm -hmm. you know yeah you can have all the uh, gun laws in the books but you know that's criminals aren't going to pay attention to that no but yeah. they, they apply that same logic to this one like come on guys like seriously <laughs> Get it together. And, or, or and, and again, this, this is also problem. another conversation was just so tricky to have on YouTube because like that's how Steven Crowder mm -hmm. got banned because he was talking about something that happened along the sphere about that oh. one of those parents that went to that school board. Like right. it's just it's it's so tricky and they don't want us to talk about it because they want to keep this like this weird uh, again, blur the lines, don't have conversations about these kind of things, don't actually find out what's going on, uh, you know, uh, like people actually having decent conversations about really hard topics that are happening, like kids becoming suicidal over stuff like this. Like, that's a huge problem. If that is the case and it's prevalent, that is the case. I would argue, however, that kids, child suicide is going up, but not because of like gender dysphoria. It's mostly to do with the like the coup and what's going on with lockdowns and not having actual routines and not having actual like, you know, human so connection so and like, you right. know, going to school with masks on for eight hours a day. There's a lot of stuff going on with child suicides that no one's even paying attention to. It's just like uh, it, it, it drives me nuts. I'm sorry. I and Carrie, and, and about that group that you're in, and, and let's say 100% everybody's telling the truth, these are real stories. Um, at some point, you have to say, is this at all working? Like, mm. it, when you're when you're in a group and everybody is failing, they're, they're looking at each other like, yeah, well, failing's normal. Like, at some point, you're saying, the what we're doing is not working. I should probably not be in this group and find some other source, because if it's normal to go to the ER with my child who's constantly trying to commit suicide. If that's normal, then this is not a group that I should be a part of, right? That's not but, how leftists think. Yeah, that, that, exactly the problem. No. <laughs> you do, when things don't work, you do more of those things, Adam. I don't know how to make that yeah. obvious. You like, do it harder. <laughs> the definition yeah. of insanity, like do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And that's where we're at with everything. It's freaking nuts. Well, I'm going to throw in my uh, I'm going to throw my capitalism here. You can solve all of this by respecting private property. Um, if you do that, then there are no public schools. Uh, every bathroom <laughs> is owned by someone, and the owner of that bathroom <laughs> decides who the hell goes in the bathroom. Go the on. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think that the public bathroom thing, here. like the, the, that's the one thing Canada got right about it was that like they they put like these like uh, pictures on, and this was years ago that they did this. They they had like one bathroom with like a picture of like a centaur, a mermaid, and like whatever else, and it was like, oh, the bathroom you can go into it, whatever, just wash your hands, Only and it was like one of like yeah, like it doesn't matter who you are, just use the bathroom, just wash your hands. That's like the only rule kind of thing. Like it's like. I feel like at, at least Canada got that one right, like, and that was years ago. Uh, where it was like, 
cares? Just use the bathroom. Am I the only one that wants Carter to keep talking dirty to me right now? About bathrooms? Bathrooms? Bathroom humor? Who owns the toilet? Yeah, let's let's keep going down that road. That's fine. Who owns the toilets? Who does number two work for? (laughs) (laughs) What is that from? Austin Powers? Yeah. (laughs) Dan Trainer in chat asks uh, Nina, Canada got something Canada got something right. He's surprised by this. Uh, I know that's so congratulations. A, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. Um, can we can we do some super, super chats? chats? Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. let's do it. While so it's just been a while. While you're pulling them up, I'm going to tell I you. Them. I just want to entertain you in the audience. I forgot okay. to send you this. I bought you this a while ago at a vintage shop. I was going to send it to you for Christmas. Oh. It's an old book, and it's called. It looks all fancy. It's called the Simplified Scientific Astrology. Ooh. It's astrology, but it's science. <laughs> it's science astrology. Science. I thought you. Really I love like it. it. That was we cool. have a conversation about the scientific. My 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 guess about the scientific origins of astrology. I think we've have. Have we? I, I know we did that one astrology episode a long time ago. I think there's probably. I think there was uh, probably real origins to some astronomy. Like there's a there was a tiny tiny sliver of truth to it that's reality based and not mystical, which we can talk about some other time. It, but it's no longer true in any way. I believe um, the exact same thing as you, Carter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll fight you naked. Uh, says Tim Pool swatted during his live stream yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, saw yeah. That. Wild. Um, dangerous. No dangerous. It's by the way. It's like that's attempted murder. Basically, we know about co- no, not just based like actually. I I mean, the cops are a bunch of of like rabid. People with lots of weapons of death, right? And what you're saying when you swap someone is go in there, kick the door down, and go in guns blazing. It's like, uh, I mean, that's attempted homicide against the people in the house and against the cops. Uh, yeah. Because that could very easily break out into a firefight. The, I, I really hope the guy gets busted. It's, it's terrible. I hope so, too. Yeah. Um, Colin P says January 6th was a much better false flag than the rush tag flag. Viking costumes, podium theft, rayaps. What a blast. <laughs> it was more fun, I guess. Right. They didn't burn anything. Um, Little Ragamuffin says five spot for Daniel's therapy fund. A tip for Kanye to sing and toss the rest in a freedom fund. Just Kick ass this. guest line up today. My cash, cash app at Unframe of Mine. All right. Did they call you Kanye? Who? You're talking about me, it's right? just a tip for Kanye <laughs> to sing. Yeah, because know. somebody on Twitter added, said, wasn't it you that said that you look like Ye? Oh, I yeah. get it. It's one of those yeah. all black guys look alike jokes. I get it. <laughs> oh, my God. I get it. No, no, actually. Yeah, they really mean I look like Kanye. I, I've I heard it all over the place. <laughs> um, no, I will not sing. Uh, that will not happen. Sorry. Do you know how to? <laughs> Good no. man. Really? I don't believe you. So yeah, probably don't invite him back anymore. Some somebody <laughs> so somebody added Adam because he looked like Kanye, and I was gonna make a joke and say somebody added me because I look like Myrna Lloyd, but nobody would get everybody who would get that joke is dead. Yeah, Carrie <laughs> right. was born in another time. <laughs> you yeah, you definitely are a soul from another time, Carrie. Absolutely. Uh, 
Uh, B. Allen says the January 6th obsession has one purpose, to demonize Trump and his followers. I think that's correct. Well, there's multiple purposes because it also gets funding for uh, all those people who like to buy tanks and give them to local sheriffs. Keith the Hack Guy says, who is Ray Epps and Scaffold Commander? Why is the DOJ not interested in them? Will this turn out to be the same yet another FBI booby trap? I think it is turning out to that, and those are good questions. And I, like, I, I'll we'll post a link to the Revolver. Revolver did like an uh, a meta article of like, here's all the articles that we've written about this, and it'd take a long time to go through, but I'll, I'll post it. Uh, Pirate Tomsky, I'm sorry, Daniel, but Pirate Tomsky says Daniel's a Fed. Get him. So, so are we ready for the big reveal, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your your Russian KGB. No. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I'm a fed. I'm fed up with the government. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So he's a dad. Francis Montgomery says U.S. government is essentially is essentially the largest, most obese Karen on the planet. <laughs> That's funny. Except for it has power. Karen doesn't have Karen has to complain to the manager. The U.S. government is the manager. Are you kidding That's me? You need to watch the Karen episodes of Viva La Dirt League. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious holy crap seen karen, has, karen definitely has power for sure have you seen oh, the really? karen okay. movie no oh, we, we, we saw this trailer. trailer we saw the trailer i haven't yeah. i haven't seen it either but i've heard it's the funniest thing on like on unintentionally right funny right yeah we just, like we just did a review uh, a, a reaction to that karen trailer we'll, we'll be posting that soon okay. that, was, that was a while ago when i saw the trailer originally right yeah i've heard yeah. it's really funny Okay. As watch it. Oh, you're going to be hanging out with Az tonight. You should ask him about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to be on Friday Night Tights tonight if you guys yeah. are going to be up. So, and also, um, oh, go ahead. An, an obese Karen is actually an obese Denise. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> oh. Is that what you call them? Obese Denise? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny when you said, I've never heard that term, but as soon as you said that, I immediately get what you're saying. That's yes. awful. <laughs> Uh, G-Man says the January 6th people weren't trying to overthrow the government. They are all just really wanted to have sexy time with AOC. Oh, God. Yeah, I, got, I get that. I, I get that. Babylon B, I, their coverage of AOC's reaction is has been the best. It's so like, funny. At, originally, <laughs> they said uh, they, they had some joke about AOC's ghost talking about January 6th because she, she had so over the top. <laughs> and then on the year anniversary... They said their their headline was AOC uh, lays a wreath at her own grave. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> oh, so my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Oh, my God, guys. Barbie dog. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I just saw a comment go by. I know it's not a super chat, but it's, I asked, is, is an obese FBI agent a well-fed? I love it. Oh, <laughs> oh well-fed. I love it so much. Thank you for that. That's great. <sighs> Marbury Dog says, why are the people who claim to be fighting fascism following Adolf's playbook? I don't know if that's a serious question, but uh, I don't think they know what the word fascism means, I guess, is the starting point for that. Read this uh, book. I'm telling you, people. Yeah. I'm, I'm about it. Um, you have to also understand the people that are fighting fascism. Um, that We've talked about this before, but really briefly, the history of Antifa um, is does date back to pre-World War II Germany when the only two options were the Nazi Party and the commies. And 
you were, if you were an anti-fascist, it meant you were a communist. And so they were both collectivists. They both wanted authoritarian governments with authoritarian control. One side wanted Nazi control. The other side wanted the communist utopia. Um, and so their mentality has actually remained to this day. If you, if you see how, I mean, I've read the Antifa handbook. If you look at how they talk about this stuff, it is, um, you are either a Marxist or a fascist. Yep. So not Marxist equals fascist. There is no, you can't say, well, I like democracy or I'm in the middle or I'm this or I'm that. Nope. Are you a Marxist? No, you're a fascist. You're a by fascist. Definition. Yeah. That's how they think of it. So it's very um, extreme. Very, you know, yeah. It's like, um, and, and that's what it, that, that, only the Sith think in absolutes, right? Like it's just one of those things where uh, it, it, extremism, no matter what, no matter where you are, is a bad thing. I don't know. I've argued against that statement before, but I won't really? right now. What? What about yeah. like, like what? What kind of extreme ideology do you think is a good thing? Freedom is always the answer. Health. Mm, you think extreme health is a good thing? Like forcing sure. people to? Uh, I didn't say anything about forcing anyone. I'm I'm pushing back on the terminology of 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 categorizing extremism itself and the word extreme is a bad thing because it's premised on the idea of pragmatism and it's premised on the idea that of, of actually the fallacy the golden mean fallacy that the the correct answer is a balance between two things and sometimes one thing is good and one thing is evil and individualism is an example like rights you can be extremely pro individual rights like that's not contradictory with anything and there's nothing wrong with it um and you can be just a little bit commie and that sucks and you should probably take a helicopter ride so like there's no people use the word extremism as a lazy term because they don't want to have they don't want to do the intellectual disentanglement of the parts mm -hmm. they disagree with and and the parts they agree with so they just yell they label the little bit of extreme and they go away it's also a nice way it arose in popularity as a nice way to not have to have a conversation about islam hmm. i can That's see that yeah. i like that uh, I d that's interesting. We don't have to because, argue right no, now, no, no. Yeah, yeah, there's, there, there is we'll, definitely. We won't talk about it, but have me back on because I would like to explore this uh, this this idea. That, that's there's definitely that's a negative connotation okay. just to the word extreme. Just like, mm -hmm. like exactly what you're saying. Right. Yeah, don't go to extremes. Like I'm, cool. I'm extremely in love with my wife and kids. Oh, must be bad. Oh, use the word extreme. Yeah, but right. is your love possessive love? Because that could be an extreme. That's a different word than extreme. Yeah. Mm, extreme has a meaning. That's a different word than love. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's, is, yeah, that's is, is anybody a fan of Harold and Kumar? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the extreme guys? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> extreme. No, extreme. I don't remember it. Extreme I, sports. Oh. I don't know that. Yeah. No. All, All right. Uh, Francis Montgomery. Sorry. Do you want we, oh, we to? I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid an argument. We just don't have a lot of time. So we can have, we can come back and talk about it another time. I'm happy yeah. to do that. No, I was, I'm not going to argue. I was going to say Carter may not be a fascist, but he's definitely an infidel. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm an infidel. And I've been told I have a fashy haircut. So <laughs> infidel fed plant. Okay. Yep. Nice. Infidel fed, flowy, glowy. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> these, these descriptors feel right. They feel right. Absolutely. Uh, all right. 
Nice friend. Francis Montgomery says the U.S. government is essential to the largest, most obese Karen on the planet. Yes. Oh, yeah, we got that one. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, I actually was, before Glowy was a thing, I was accused. I was thought, I was mistaken for a Fed uh, about 20 years ago, um, regularly in some activities that I was involved in. So uh, now I think it's pretty obvious, but maybe at the time it was not so clear that I was not a Fed. Uh, G Man says the January 6th people weren't trying to overthrow the government. Oh, we already said that. Sexy time with AOC. Sorry. Marby Dog. Why are the people who claim to be fighting? Oh, we did that one. Sorry. Where are we then? Oh, I'll fight you naked. The worst offenders on January 6th were not charged and were the only ones wearing masks, presumably to conceal their identity. Wonder why. Yeah, the, the most, most of the worst ones weren't charged. Um, and that's a question that if we had a functional media, they would be asking. Hey, FBI, remember you put this guy on your wanted list and Twitter found out who he was and they told you and then you quietly removed him from your most wanted list and have never charged him with anything? Why is that? Really quick, did, did do you guys know if the the police officer that shot Ashley Babbitt got anything for mm-hmm. what happened? Besides a pat on the back, yeah, he didn't okay, get anything. So he, like might, yeah, he might have got a commendation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, By the way, also the narrative that they killed a that the narrative that one of the police there was killed has is incorrect. The coroner eventually even ruled that yeah, that it wasn't even pepper spray or anything that caused his heart attack. He, had he just had a stroke or health stroke. Yeah. I mean, he just had a stroke. Yeah. All right, um, Molotov eleven thirty eight. Oh, that's not what it says. I just want it to be Molotov. It says. <laughs> Maloko V eleven thirty eight or Maloko five, Carter. You said you wanted to know more about uh, lead up to World War II Germany. Go to channel Julia Mora, Julie Mora. Starting in twenty twenty one, she often covered diary. I will bear witness by Victor Klemperer, book club maybe. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. I've been reading. I've seen like some documentaries on the Weimar Republic, but I haven't read a lot about. It. I'll find you naked. Says does Carrie have a PO box yet? Uh, I yes. don't want someone with a new baby uh, to run errands. Um, I don't want someone with a new baby to run errands either. She does. You can contact uh, Beverly, and she will get it for you. Uh, Naked Fame says, 14,000 illegal use uses firearms resulting in deaths versus 1 million, uh, plus average legal uses for self-defense. I have a crazy idea. Take away the illegal guns first. Uh, I'm not really making any guns illegal or taking them away, but I see your point. Uh, Andrew Joyner says, uh, just gives us an angry face super sticker. Probably because he was angry at Daniels being a fed. Uh, Penumbra Syndicate says, anyone can see where, anyone see where Merrick Garland told the story of the fed judge whose son was shot at her door on the Epstein case as part of the January 6th narrative. I don't, I haven't seen that at all. Does anyone know what he's talking Mm, about? No. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I do know Merrick Garland was uh, instrumental in shutting down the Oklahoma City bombing investigation. He's the reason that you. Only I think know Merrick the name Garland's Timothy a piece McVeigh. of shit. Is that mm. is that okay to say? Sorry. That's how you really feel. Um, I think that's an insult to shit. The number <laughs> syndicate says something is changing in the level of lies on the narrative. Probably going to get more authoritarian this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. TPS, last one. TPS says, miles in women's, I think it, he means males, males in women's spaces doesn't matter. Girls' scholarship lost, graped by transportation in prison and shelters. 
Oh. Oh my. Oh, I see. They're trying to make a point that like the only issue isn't isn't men in women's bathrooms, right? Obviously, it's women, girls not getting scholarships. Um, although most of those scholarships, to be fair, shouldn't exist anyway. Um, groped, <laughs> groped by transportation in prison. Uh, I, I think the yeah the prison thing is an issue, right? Because you you have male prisoners just saying I'm female, throw me in the female population. Um, so. And now they're like, there's a lot of pregnant women in the female population. Right. It's certainly tough to be a female Olympian now. Yeah. Um. Not so. if you have a penis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh boy. All right, we, we made it through all of our super chats. I, there was other stuff that we could have talked about today, but, I mean, we have gone a full two hours, over two hours. Yeah. I don't think we need to, to keep going on stuff, but um, I don't know. Is there anything else, Carrie, that, I, that we really desperately need to mention before we sign off? I just want to say we didn't get to talk about it, but the Supreme Court today is hearing arguments against uh, arguments about the COVID vaccine mandates that OSHA thinks they have a right to enforce and push on private businesses. And Carter, if you've read any of the comments coming out of, I just, I know it would, I know it would set you off, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, but it's not, I mean, it sets me off just like everything. Yeah. Else. But here's one, Justice Elena Kagan says, this is one of the questions a, a Supreme Court justice asked, why isn't this necessary to abate the grave risk? Why isn't a vaccine mandate uh, federal oh, government? Because um, as long as it's necessary to abate a grave risk, then the Constitution is silent. Do you remember that part of the Constitution where it says this is all can be thrown in the trash can as long as there's a slightly deadly flu that's going around? I remember that part. <laughs> then she says, <laughs> this is a pandemic where in which nearly a million people have died. It is by far the greatest public health danger that this country has faced in the last century. And this is the policy that is most geared to stopping all of this. You know, if you kill everyone, um, COVID will stop. <laughs> I just want to throw it out there as a policy idea in case, you know, free idea, you can run with it. I don't think uh, they're going to do it, dude. That's I don't think that way. Like they would never even understand why you just said that, for example. <laughs> you know, you know first I mean? comes the concentration camps and then, you know, they head to somewhere. Hey, so there's nothing more peaceful and COVID free than a pile of bones. <laughs> so there's not wrong. There you go. The you know what's weird, though? Out. They'll, they'll tell you that uh, dead people still give off COVID uh, because it's so contagious that the body <laughs> will still give it to the living. So. Oh, maybe. Well, again, just if we only have, if only the right people are living. I say we, we just put forth some new policy where we have to put masks on bodies for the wake. Like when you go see your, your dead loved one, <laughs> they have to have a mask on. Yeah, they're going to uh, do it right. Oh, God. By the um, way, I mean, yeah, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm a, I'm a fan of dark humor. You have to forgive we me. We need to stop giving them ideas is what's going on. Stay already that, that might be okay. the that might actually be a good idea for our next skit. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. That's <laughs> why the, the mass murder, democide as a solution to COVID. No, 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 no. People, people at the wake were having their oh. mask, like the the actual dead body having a mask, being required to wear a mask. That might be funny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there. More than one. Or the funeral no. won't accept the dead body unless it's been vaccinated post mortem. 
Ah, and, and a negative God. COVID test. That's good. I, I, I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Absolutely like oh, this. Oh boy. <laughs> the only thing uh, for me about about this whole uh, situation is that how slick they are, because they're saying it's not a vaccine mandate. It's actually a mask mandate, but you get a vaccine exception. <laughs> so well, they're changing the terms. They're changing the terms from, they're yeah, they're the terms with, from, the from mandate too. They're calling it now. What do they call it? It's a new term now. Uh, oh God, I forgot the stupid new term, but they're fem changing date? it. It's a fem date. No, 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 they're changing. <laughs> That's funny, but no, they're changing it like completely. They're like, it's not a mandate. It's uh oh, what was it called? Clifford Duncan talked about it, uh, how they're changing the term. It's like how like they started saying like social distancing and stuff like that. So now yes. they're going away from mandate to like something more else. PC. Yeah. yeah. It's a strong suggestion enforced with firearms. <laughs> i'm not mandating that you hand over your wallet but i'll shoot you if you don't it's just a suggestion oh god i forgot what it is i'm having a stream brain right now it'll come directive? back to me when someone we're, says we're directive in chat is it directive i think so like something like that yeah like a directive or like something not as threatening they're like it's not a mandate it's like a it's, suggestion I think directive sounds worse <laughs> does sound pretty bad. Yeah. Requirements? Someone says requirement. I don't know. That's really weird. I've never heard of the government yeah. creating terms that sound less mean. Let's yeah. Let's I'll, I'll, uh, Patriot Act, for example. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I don't know. It's just. It seems like a new. A new. Uh, concept. It's a new it's concept. Not the mass surveillance. You have no freedom anymore. It's the Patriot Act. Yeah. Um, they, should use that. they should use that more often. I think people would really sign on to the, what they're doing. Compulsion. No, I don't know if that's the word either. That's mm -hmm. not the word. The new word that they're trying to go from, except for mandate, it's woe mandate. Woe mandate. Woe mandate. Woe mandate. Now I'm thinking of that person. movie that Carrie like, so I married an axe murderer. Person. Whoa, whoa, man. man. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 man. There you go. We, we just watched that because Anthony had never seen it. Um, really funny movie. Definitely a lot of those scenes really hold up. But uh, um, right, one, last, one last okay. super chat. Hold on. TPS says Omicron jumped the vax, mandate the vax. Yeah, no one's talking about that. It appears to be a, I don't know. From what I've seen, I guess Omicron is a uh, mutation, like a post-vax <laughs> mutation, like a, a mutation to get around the vax. <laughs> so let's get an X. Hey, another booster. A flu. Oh, and Keith the Hack Guy says the new name is Directive 10 289. That's an obscure but awesome reference. Uh, yes, that is the new name, Directive 10 289. Well, right. one last thing about the Supreme Court is so far what they're arguing, the people who, the, the lawyers who are there are arguing that the mandates are unconstitutional, at least in the news coverage of it, I haven't actually seen them make the constitutional argument yet. Instead, they're saying, well, hey, if you do these mandates, some employees are going to quit. That's not a good argument. And, and, so, the and, and, and the other side is exploiting that, of course. And so the justices are like, one of the justices said, um, uh, if, they, if people quit, there'll actually probably be more people who quit if they have to go to work with unvaccinated people. And so, yeah, it's like you're opening yourself up to that response. Why are you not making the constitutional argument instead of making the people will quit? We should care about those people. Like, yeah, even just as bad as that, I guess I was on NPR the other day. I, I heard a 
representative. I don't know if she was the president or whatever of some small business group that was involved in this. I don't know if they're the ones suing or whatever, but like representing these small businesses that don't want to do this mandate. And her argument was, well, it can't be OSHA. Yeah, a different alphabet right. should do it. It's like, oh, Bad argument. yeah, they're trying to make the state, the state right argument too. She wasn't that, even saying that. She was just like, it's the wrong federal agency. We don't want OSHA doesn't have this power. And so and the and the the interviewer was like, Well, what if the CDC did it? She's like, Oh, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck you then. The CDC is not a freaking governing bot. This is bullshit. I don't understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'll We're quit gonna, I'll quit sidetracking this. Anything you want to say to get us banned from the channel, Nina? Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to I'm going to stop here. I think I've said several things that might get you banned and I feel really bad about it. Um, so plug your show. Uh, yeah. Find me on my channel, Nina Infinity, where I will be talking about good news on Fridays uh, around the same time as this show. But uh, you can come back and watch the replay. Uh, and uh, yeah. So thank you so much for having me on tonight. Uh, you guys are today. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, Carter, and meet you guys uh, yeah. I love uh, masculinity and uh, the idea that they're that they're getting rid of it. So, uh, so it's nice to you know meet some nice masculine men that uh, you know are not feminized. That's it. It was great to have you on. It was great to meet you. I know you've been on before, but I never met you, so it's good to yeah. It's really good to meet you. Uh, but yeah, you can catch me on the Real BBC as well, which is a lot that show people like. So there you go. Thank you. Adam just, or Daniel, who wants to go next? I'm just to finish. She assumed my gender. That's unacceptable i oh, i'm I, sorry it was the beard that gave it away but you could be a bearded lady i, I yeah. am not that either anyway uh yeah you can you can find sorry uh, yeah you can find me and my co-host anywhere on the interwebs at unframe of mind is our handle everywhere and uh the website unframeofmind.com where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom uh we talk about social issues bold ideas LOL. Sometimes politics. Uh, we just try to encourage people to think for themselves and think differently, for sure. And I, I if you guys haven't checked out our uh, uh, comedy playlist, our comedy skits playlist on our YouTube channel, please do. There's a lot of good stuff there, and we'd love to come out with some more content to fill that list. And we're always open to new ideas. Cool. Adam? And um, uh, people can find me all over social media. <clears throat> I'm on Getter now. Uh, same handle, wrong underscore speak. Um, Twitter, same thing, uh, Facebook, uh, just look up Adam B. Coleman, you'll find me. Um, you can also go to wrongspeak.net, see articles, anything that's new going on. If anybody wants to write for wrongspeak, uh, go to the website and just, uh, contact me and, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, I'm just, uh, trying to write as much. Uh, I've been privileged to be in uh, Newsweek recently and, um, and, uh, on Newsmax, uh, for my first TV appearance, so that was cool. And um, and I'm just trying to do as much as I can. And I, I always give praise to Unsafe Space, the Unsafe Space family, and I, I appreciate you guys a lot. And I'm glad this is my my first and hopefully not my last Friday on with you guys. Goofy cool. Fridays. Goofy masculine yes. Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny that you said that about Newsweek because that, that was the thing that I brought up earlier. John Stewart, like they he he went scorched earth on Newsweek because they started that whole thing about him uh being anti-Semitic towards JK Rowling's and he came out and was like Isn't he Jewish? I didn't say that. 
he is, but he like apparently he had a podcast with somebody earlier, like a couple of months ago, where he talked about Harry Potter and he like referred to like the 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 little gnome things that run the banks as like you know like kind of like a Jewish trope. Uh, oh, and yeah. so Newsweek yeah. came out like last week and was like, John Stewart says J.K. Rowling's is anti-Semitic. And he came and put out like a huge statement being like, I never freaking said that. I was joking around. They took me out of context. You guys are, he went crazy on it. It was pretty He's funny. Wow. It's, on, yeah. it's on Twitter. Well, on that note, thank you everyone for watching. <laughs> Don't forget to go to unsafespace.com where we have no gnomes, but we do have... <laughs> Ways to contribute to the show and some merch. Uh, that was what so else, good. Carrie? Should we say book club stuff? Book, book club, club is coming up, and you guys can find out more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. It is free to join and participate, and we're doing crime and punishment. <gasps> Not the romance novel. We're doing um, Dostoevsky. Yes, there you go. Glad one of us can pronounce that. One of my favorite authors. I love the idiot. Cool. Well, you should join book club. All right. Have a good one, everyone. See you on Monday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by Dr. Fauci. All praise be to his name. The following co-conspirators have been asking too many questions. You know what to do. Once the Maxwell trial is over, we promise there will be no more pedophiles among the ruling class. Just one more job to combat the Zeta variant. Oops, I mean the Omicron variant. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.